What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Rob G. And welcome back to the Replay Series. We dig into our catalog and get some of our favorites and some of fan favorites. This episode is actually one of Lou's favorites. And you know what? I'm going to let him tell you why this is one of his favorites. So without further ado, let's get into it. My name is Luke Belgium, a uh, member of the Blues and Banner podcast. I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all your support as we look forward to our 200th episode. Uh, we're in the midst of our replay series, and I'm going to bring to you guys uh, episode 75, uh, Eat L's, by, uh, with us featuring guest Jason Rodriguez. Jason is a hip-hop journalist uh, based in New, New, northern New Jersey. Uh, he's also my former roommate and my best friend. Uh, and he just tells us about taking L's and learning to deal with them and taking the wins and learning to deal with them. It's a really great episode. Uh, I am biased because, like I said, he is my best friend. Uh, but I definitely want you guys to listen to this episode 75. Kick back. Enjoy the show. Drink a brew. Love you guys. Peace. Bruising Banner Podcast. Banner Podcast. Bruising Banner Podcast. What up, what up, what up, welcome to Bruce and Banner Podcast, I am your host, Rob G, and with me, as always, is the legendary Brew Crew, what up, fellas? I got water, I got, you know, juice, or whatever, it's like, y'all need twin legs? <laughs> as a matter of fact, I do. My to everybody is, does Delaware have an actual culture? This is the podcast that we talk about fear, but we also talk about a lot of things that's happening in the world, politics, movies, anything really that comes to our mind while we're here. Sample these brews, grab a drink, and pull up a chair. <laughs> red, red means gazelle. Red means oh. Oh, and that's trash. Oh my god. <laughs> you find the trashiest stuff to That's trash. <laughs> What? They sing it. Yo, Fat, black, and nasty. What's the name of Fat, black, and nasty. <laughs> he wanted to let y'all know. That's, a, that's like a biggie. That's a biggie line. Almost. You know, like, that's where I got it from. Fat, black, and nasty. And then I said, none of these chicks can pass me, though. Like, hey, you know? hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. I was popping in the early 2000s. Right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Put your swinging ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banter Podcast, where the topic be the rocket and the brew. Well, that be the few. And I'm your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, the legendary brew crew. What up, fellas? What's going on? What is going on, everyone? Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode... 75, a bruising banner podcast. 
Dang. 35 and we still alive. Three quotas. That's right. 75th anniversary <laughs> of the podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. 75 we celebrate and everything. We've been celebrating since one, day one. Hey, one. hey some, some podcasts don't make it past uh, five episodes. Five. Five, five. episodes. <laughs> 75, yeah. We've been 75. rocking, guys. Yeah. Uh, this is episode 75 of our social distancing series. And... Um, I don't know. I was, I was thinking. I was telling somebody. I was telling Lou. Maybe we should start a, a from Delaware series as well, uh, for for folks that have uh, um, transcended okay, okay. Delaware. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, or moved here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, nobody moves here. If you've lived here longer than if you've lived here longer than you where your birthplace is, by right, I have to. Well, no, that's a, no, 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 that's yeah, from segment. Delaware. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. a different segment. Yeah, 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 I'm just talking about that's folks That's a different that, segment. I'm just, talking about, <laughs> I'm just talking about folks that have uh, went on, not people who implanted here, but have went on from and did bigger, bigger did better big things. Thing. I mean, yeah, that's I, they're probably part of the reason that now every time you watch a script or see a movie, they're just like, what are you, from Delaware? Like, they always try to play Delaware. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they always do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but this is episode. You we and still we rise. Still we rise. That's Del- right. Delaware. There we, there we go. Delaware. Oh, um, yeah. All right. This is episode 75. As I said, we do have a special guest with us. We have hip-hop journalist, cultural critic, and independent go. producer, Jason Rodriguez. Yes. Delaware in the Oh, Delaware the man, the, the, the legend. Delaware native. Fresh Prince of Delaware. You know what I mean? Delaware son, Brooklyn's brother. Yeah, there you go. That works. He is here yes. in the podcast to join us. Um, but before we get into all of that, I always need to know, what is everybody drinking today? We'll start with our guest. What are you drinking today, Jason? Word, I'm trying to figure out the decorum when I can crack it and start drinking. Oh, you can, no, you can, you can oh, pop you can that start. thing up. Right yeah, you late. Um, yes, you late. so I got, I got, I got, I got three <laughs> brews. Um, one, I got a Modelo because that's just my favorite beer. I know it kind of violates your rules, but to me, this is kind of like <laughs> yeah, you drink what you want, man. It's it's a uh, it's Scotty Pip- Mexican beers are like Scotty Pippen the beers. They do a little bit of everything. Yeah, they might take yeah. you to the championship, but they'll get you close. There you yes. go. Um, other than that, I got a, got an IPA. Uh, I'll put that in the glass. I'm gonna do one in a can, one in a glass, and one in a bottle. Oh yeah, we couldn't uh, tell that was an IPA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, but IPAs a little hoppy, but I think IPAs are, are good when you're out there eating wings, drinking food. Who's that brewery? And this is a, a local joint here. Um, I think I got it because it said gang. I like gang, 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 gang. Om gang. Yeah. Three philosophers. This is from Cooperstown. Okay. So, oh yeah, nice. I had that a couple weeks ago, Jay. It's really but, good. Okay. Is that what we, we, so we was calling you know. Omni Gang? Yeah. 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 What is Om- what is it called? Gang, Om- gang, gang, gang. Omi, Omi. Oh. Omi. Oh, Omi game. No, it's um. It's just I think um. It's, yeah, um, 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 game. Game. um game. Yeah, right. um game. Yeah, game. Right. Um, now that's Cooperstown. What's the IPA joint? Where that? What brewery is that? That's Lagunitas. Okay, where are they out of? Yeah. Um, damn, I don't even know. Lagunitas to me is such a basic IPA that I'm just like it's uh, Lagunitas Kmart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> California and Chicago. California. Okay. Nice. Said it's out of Kmart. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> So you got a lot of uh, average, not average, but you got probably yeah, a, a yeah. good ABV uh, out of uh, between the three of those. You know, I'm say yeah, because I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, he's a beginner. <laughs> <laughs> got a virgin on the show. Well, then, well, then you got to tell him. You got to tell him what um, alcohol. So your ABV by is your alcohol by volume. 
And that's oh, I didn't hear what you were saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Om Gang might be a little high. Yeah, is it on the bottle? Look on the bottle. And yeah, see it. it might be on the box. Um, but I checked that okay. shit. So. It, uh, it might be nine point seven. Nine point seven. Nice. Yeah, Ooh, my lane. lane. <laughs> my lane. There you go. And then your yeah, Modelo. It may or may not be on there, but Modelo's kind of yeah, that's low. Huh? It's probably yeah. it's probably like a four point something. I think it's like five. Let's see. Yeah, probably. Plus it's open, so I'm not going to fuck with that. Yeah. But this one is 6.2. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, yeah. You you average. You average above yeah, six. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, if, he, yeah. if he get all of them. Uh... <laughs> He's drunk. <Yeah. laughs> He's definitely drunk. What's this one? I don't know He's this got one time. Is. He said he got time. <laughs> I, I punch above my weight, so we good. There you go. That's how it is. Yes. I don't know what this one is. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out later. What? <laughs> uh, so, Dev, what are you drinking on? I'm drinking on a uh, special delivery. Uh, two. I'm. I mean, you know what? I'm feeling good this week. Um, because I got two special deliveries this week. I got a, a Bruising Banner podcast glass that was delivered to me by Lou. Early Happy Father's Day gift this week. So thanks, Lou, and yeah. shout out to Robin Hood Designs. Black Robin. Black, Black Robin. Robin. Black Robin design. Sorry, I messed that all up. Um, <laughs> Robin Hood. She designed the glass, and, and, and Lou uh, early gifted me this. And I'm uh, what I poured in it is another gift from uh, 302 Yoda. He brought me some uh, Imprint Beer Company uh, Chemistry Cream Ale. Um, they're out of, uh, I think, Hatfield, PA? Yeah. They are? Okay, yeah. Um, so I was remembering off the can. And this is a um, five-percenter. Okay. Um, I pulled up their pulled up their uh, east to the gods and the earth. Yeah, I pulled up their to go menu. This is their traditional uh, cream ale. They've got like so many different cream ales on their list. But, uh, what it tastes like though is it is it good? Um, you know what I would say it's a, it's really a, to me a traditional um ale um okay. or your everyday kind of beer. It's uh it had it had some head on it when I first poured the joint, but taste wise, I would say it, it probably is. I don't want to. It to a, a, a mainstream brew, but I would say it's, it's just a traditional kind of well, that's always, light. Uh, that's always helpful for some yeah, people. That's where to go. Most yeah. people know streams, yeah. yeah. But, but, but that's, but that's kind of like what it what initially came to mind um, was just like kind of a traditional kind of everyday, um, you know. Uh, I guess you would say, I guess you would say like a like a not a Modelo per se, but maybe like a. Corona kind of thing. It, okay. it was really, it's really mild. It's really is it mild. A good, it's a good summertime it's beer. It's a good though? summertime drink. Really refreshing. Um, I could guzzle it. It's actually so. Good. <laughs> I could just hey, down this hey, thing. Yeah. Does, it, does it have lactose in it? Is it creamy? Nah, no, no lactose in there. Um, what I from what I read off of their menu or off of the can. Um, I'm uh, I'm a little interested into you know a lot of like I said all of their L's have that cream L in them. But um, there may be another one out of the out of the pack of their ales that, that may have it in there. Okay. So, yeah, this one doesn't though. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Who's next? All right, uh, Lou, what you drinking on? Oh, okay, I'll go. I got uh, I went the left hand out of Colorado and got their uh, peach Bellini uh, Rattler. It's mm. at a low four point one. Uh, it's real good though. It has those peach flavors. It's like an entry level type of beer for those people that don't really like beer from uh, right away. Uh-huh. Uh, and then secondly, I have uh, from Turpin's Beer Company out of Athens, Georgia. 
They're uh, watermelon gose. I had one of these yesterday. This is perfect. Uh, if you like salt on your watermelon, this is the beer. It was really good. Uh, pass me another to both. This one is... Uh, I'm sorry, it's not a goosey. It's a gosa. I apologize about that. <laughs> but it doesn't, um, it doesn't say the APV on this one, but I'll get back to you guys. I'll look it up and find out what it is. But it's probably... Ooh. Yeah, I think I, I think we, I think I, well, I think I had that. I don't think I, we, we had it on the, um, I think we might I think have, we, I think we drank it, but I don't think we did it on the actual podcast. We didn't talk about it. Yeah, yeah no. I don't remember yeah. tasting it before. Yeah, it we did that. have it though. Because okay. I remember I was talking, that made me question why people put um salt, salt on their, uh, on their watermelon. Uh, <laughs> I don't even eat watermelon, but just. You had it, you remember what it tastes like? Did you like it? Yeah, it was. I don't know. I, <laughs> no, I don't like it. I, I, did, I didn't love it either. I didn't, and I no. like Gozes, but I, that was the one I, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of. Because it was really, to me, it was really salty. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let y'all know how what I think about it in a little bit. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yo, what so you drinking what, on? Yo, so what I got is um, from Imprint too. Since I did go take that, take that trip, take that ride. So, and this was in y'all um, package too. And this is a uh, lavender lim, uh. Lyman, Lyman cello, all right. Lemon, lemon, cello, right? Would you say that? Is it, is it lemon cello? Lemon cello, lemon cello, limo cello, limo cello, lemon, lemon cello. But they all got weird names. But this is a um a six point uh two percenter, and this this now this one has lactose in it, and you can kind of tell from how it looks. Okay, yeah, yeah. You can see it, the, the cloudy, really hazy, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, but this is like. They say it's uh, a fruit cocktail beer, and I, I kind of get it because, like, this thing, you can't guzzle this for real because it's, like, it's super sweet, and it tastes like lemonade, and uh, you get the um, the smell of the lavender, but I don't really know what lavender tastes like, so yeah, I don't know if that's what the... <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it's... So yeah, it's, so, you know, it's just floral. Right. There's no different than like a hibiscus or you know flower. You just get that kind of, right. you know, right. just a just yeah. a, a, a floral kind of taste or smell. Yeah, and that's what the you, you can smell it definitely, but the taste is like a real sweet lemonade mm-hmm. type joint. Like this, you can really like chug. <laughs> this could be dangerous. <laughs> that's coming in at uh, six point two, right? Yeah, I yeah. looked it up. Yeah, and I, I have it in my uh, my booze and banner. Glass, gifted by one and only Lou. Yes, yes, Lou, Lou Belgium. Thanks a lot, man. This is this is great. Happy Father's Day. I have my glass, but I don't have it in there because I put actually put it up as a display. As a display. You put it as a display. <laughs> you, you know you what? Make sure it's showing in the background, man. All right, right, right. Hey, there you go. Right. Yeah. yeah, next time I'm going to change my angle. I need to start. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna start sitting. I'm gonna start sitting by bookcases. Bookcases. Gotta see that's the move. Yeah, it make you. Yeah, it make you look smart as a motherfucker. Look at look at look at Jason. Look at this nigga. He like independent producer. That's what happens. Right. I mean, but but it's not just him. It's like a lot of people. Literally has his production of a that he do. What? What? Like, uh, Lou, yeah. uh, I can't bro. hear you, Lou, but I'm gonna take that as a sign of disrespect. <laughs> he was a and. <laughs> oh, okay, Lou. Lou, come Lou, back Lou, to us. Lou sound like he busted a remix out on these niggas. <laughs> remix. Um, all right, and what, <laughs> you sound better now. Yeah. You're on pros. I don't know if you do. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> what I'm drinking, I'm I'm still hitting, staying home with the home team, Belfont uh, Brewing. Okay. I have the Clay Monster as can. That's a mm. Belgium quad. It is ten point two percent. 
Woo! So it is a uh, heavy hitter. It's heavy. Um, I I have I have it in the drink for the culture glass. Um, of course okay. you do. And I'm because I'm drinking for the culture. Yeah, but like drink time. for the Bruce and Banner. I am. I, I mean, but I had that on display. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was more of a. Oh. We can't see it, so. <laughs> All right, all right. But y'all just showed it three times, so we good. <laughs> yeah, switch good it point. up. I take that. All right, all right. Well, because especially, um, well, I had I just watched it earlier, so I wanted to make sure it's dry, make sure it's beard clean. I heard that. <laughs> um, all right. It sounds like we got some good beard people drinking on the day, so we're just going to yeah. jump yeah. right into it. Um, I know uh, – Luke keep on going in and out, but he's still here with us. Uh, so we'll, yeah. we'll jump in with uh, Jason Rodriguez, the man, the Mr. Legend. All right. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I guess you can tell us how, how you started. Um, and, and pretty much any any road you want to go into, but I guess the most important thing is just how you got here, how you got there, where you are now, and just, and just how those roads go, and we can go from there. Yeah, give us your story, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, how I started, uh, I mean, so hip hop journalists, obviously I had to love hip hop first. So I'll, I'll, I'll do that story then to connect and kind of to journalism. Um, so, you know, grew up suburban kid, you know, uh, mom used to listen to heavy Motown, both my brothers, um, MTV, uh, heavy. Um, so it was a mix of everything. Remember seeing like Curtis Blow vinyls, uh, heavy D and the boys, like long box sets, guy, long box set. So, you know, music's always in my household, love music. Um, you know, I was a big like Michael Jackson fan, Bobby Brown fan. And then um, my uh, one of my best friends I grew up with, Barry Word, you know, a lot of y'all know him, Dev, Dev's former roommate. Um, his older brother, I remember we went down to, to the basement where his older brother was staying and uh, he was watching TV. And I remember I turned and looked and uh, it was a Big Daddy Kane video. And so I remember seeing like, you know, the eyebrows cut, uh, the high top yeah, fade. And, um, yeah. I, you know, at that time, it was just kind of like the coolest shit I ever saw in my life. Yeah, my mom used to tell me that was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it, he was mesmerizing in that like, video. So it's like... I'm going to marry him, huh? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I remember seeing that video. And then from there, kind of, you know, just fell in love with hip-hop. And, um, you know, at that time, he's being young. So it's hard to kind of, like, chase and get things. So I remember, like older kids in the neighborhood, like burning tapes and kind of passing them around and recording them, getting like a Tribe Called Quest uh, cassettes, you know, Nas' album, um, you know, randomly taking like mixtapes from my brother's car. And uh, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of how it became like the hip hop dude. And, you know, back then it was hard. It wasn't at your fingertips. So you had to really work hard to kind of get mm -hmm. the music. Uh, yeah. You know, as far as like the information, it wasn't websites. So it's like getting the magazines, didn't have, yeah. the, you know, the bread Paper -based. magazine or subscription. So you know, I would always walk to like the grocery store, just open up Vibe, Double XL, The Source. And um, it was two particular issues in, in uh, general that really got me hooked in the idea of being a journalist. Um, it was like the Vibe, I think five year anniversary issue, Will Smith was on the cover. And then The Source's 100th anniversary issue. And um, that had LL on the cover holding like five golden mics. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, kind of just going through those and you know, a lot of people criticize anniversary issues because you're kind of just, um, you know, you're filleting yourself and kind of like showing how important you are. But because there's such a like historical uh, artifact and kind of going over your part and covering the culture and things that you do, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I right, this is the thing that I want to do. Uh, you know, at the, at the, when you're young, it's like you're making little pause of accord, like rap demos yourself. Right. And, you know, it's it's 
that's kind of not working out, but the ability to kind of like write and cover and everything like that started glowing in my eyes as something that could be um, a pursuit. But, you know, but in, in Delaware at the time, again, it, it didn't seem like, like there was nobody I could kind of point to to be like, oh yeah, they did that. So yeah, cool. I'm, I'm going to do that. Later on, it would be Chuck Creekmer uh, and Greg Watkins, but at the time I didn't know. So my girlfriend in college, uh, Jana Zinzi, Lou knows her, she was from New York. So for her, the idea wasn't that foreign because New York was so at her fingertips. Right. Whereas for me, you know, it was kind of a distance away. So it was kind of like the culmination of like those three kind of putting it together that really put the battery in my back. Um, so yeah, you know, went to University of Delaware, majored in English, wrote for the school newspaper, finished up and I reached out to Chuck Creekmer, who he's from Delaware, went to University of Delaware. And, um, you know, I just cold, cold uh, reached out to him. He hit me back. We had a phone call for like two hours and he invited me up to New York. I drove up and um, it's, it's, it's bugged out. Cause I, again, I didn't know him that well, but he's open arms. and was just like, yo, come up. He was working for BET.com at the time, but he was freelancing for the source. So I go up and he had to collect the check from the source. So he's like, yo, why don't you come with me? So I go to the offices. I still remember these big red doors, kind of like um, almost like steel locked. We go in. And uh, the music editor, they had two music editors at the time, uh, Boo and Gotti, and um, Gotti was this white kid. And I remember we opened the door to his office and like mad smoke came out. And uh, <laughs> he was in there smoking up. I think he was in there smoking up with 3-6 Mafia. And I'm like, yo, this is like, this is how shit goes. Yeah. And, um, I, and I had a couple of times in my life where I was like, yo, this is how shit goes early in my career. But it, it kind of is how shit goes. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, man, through, through that, Chuck was a bridge. Used to write for all hip hop. Went to NYU for grad school. Excuse me. Ended up uh, interning at Vibe Magazine, and uh, from there I got hired and got on. Man, so that's kind of like so, my long runway point into my interest in rap and kind of like journalism, and then kind of getting on. Mm-hmm. So did has Lou influenced you in any positive ways? No, she's joking. That's not <laughs> <laughs> no, Lou's my, my so Lou's my college roommate. So to put that on the record for people who are watching it who may not necessarily know the both of us and the overlap, but yeah, now Lou's my we went to high school together, um, struck a great friendship. You know, he's my college roommate. Um, and like we hang like tough, like we had a year where we hung like every single day. We worked together, we lived together. In the summertime, we went to London together for study abroad. So like uh, you know, huge influence, like whether whether it's like intentional or not, or like overt or not, you know, just being there and being supportive and, and not, you know, especially from Delaware, like not being like, like, nah, that's crazy. Like, right. like you know, you know, just listening, you know, is, right. is, is support in and of itself beyond like, you know, the other things that he did. I appreciate you, brother. Of course. Yeah. yeah I, I do remember that's all, that's all Dave that's all um Luke can get in. <laughs> I'm gonna be, be short. You never know what I'm like. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Rob? Oh, uh, I, I was I was actually I was I was gonna say what's the connections between because I know when uh we had other guests on here. Like, bro, what's the connection with y'all two? <laughs> so, yeah. So I had to make yeah, yeah. Nah, so I mean, I went to high school with a lot of y'all, or school in general with a lot of y'all. Yep. Me and Dad yep. went to high school together. Yeah. Uh, me, me and Lou uh, was college roommates. Uh, Rob says we went to school together, so I'm going to go ahead and trust you. <laughs> See? I told you, I told you, Lou, you don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I said that. I, was like, and, and I, I met him, I met Jason through Lou, like maybe about, shit, damn, I mean, I don't know. Even know 10 plus years? As long as you've been yeah. with your wife. Yoda came, Yoda came yeah. to my crib, fucked up my sink. 
Oh yeah, recently. <laughs> oh, that was like January. Man, that little janky bathroom, man. That shit. <laughs> that futuristic sink. Yeah, that shit ain't for a big nigga. That shit belong in London somewhere. Or something. <laughs> Word. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Let me ask you this, Jay. So. Word. Uh, you went to U- University of Delaware. Did you feel like going to NYU for grad school was like a must, or like just being in New York for grad school, or, or like how how did that transpire? Like, because I know as far as you concerned, you're concerned. Like you said, we were really real, real close around the time you were applying to grad school and yeah. things. What made it? Was it like New York or bust? I'm going to a school in New York, or was it just NYU? Like, what was? Yeah, the- no, it's funny to say New York or bust. Basically, like I, I so I only applied for one college and one grad school. Um, and, and that was it. And so like for, it's funny, I, I wanted to do journalism, but not in the sense that like, um, you know, I could have won anywhere. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, I had to be New York and yeah. it's funny. So Lou texted me the other day and was like, yo, I saw, I saw Will Parks and, uh, I wasn't really paying attention. I was like, well, I thought he meant Will that we went to college with. And so <laughs> there was this dude, Will, that we went to college with. He used to take his, um, his refund check from tuition. Mm-hmm. That uh, financial aid would like overpay the tuition. Right. He'd take the refund check and he bought leathers, right? Like, like he had these like butter leathers and he had like burgundy, green, mustard, yellow. He's a tall, skinny, like fly dude. And, and Will's like, his, his appearances would be like scarce. He wasn't always around. So uh-huh. he popped in, he was always fly, funny, and he knew when to leave, right? Like, <laughs> so we didn't really know much about him, but we liked him. He was mad cool. But he was the first I knew to kind of did that flip with that hustle. Okay. And so um, I did that same hustle. I used my refund check for NYU, and I basically used that to live. And so mm-hmm. when I went to New York, like I, you know, I went to NYU, but I didn't work at the time. I took that money and I flipped it, paid my rent. I didn't live like on housing. I lived in Harlem, and um, I, I just hustled. I went to work for all hip hop. Was writing for them all the time. Interned at BET.com. Interned at Vibe. And so um, it's it's I, I had. It's not like. I don't want to discourage NYU. As I got older, I appreciate it more. But at the time, it was tough because I felt like they broke my voice writing a little bit, mm. trying to do something they didn't know what I was trying to do. Right. But mm-hmm. more importantly above anything, it was just being in New York and being able to hustle and have that time where I wasn't working, where I was able to just go and be on the ground and find things. And, and I, I didn't have anything holding me back from being able to go to this listening event or, um, you know, if Chuck hit me, I was like, yo, Wyclef is doing this listening thing. Um, I'm gonna cover it for BET. Come with me, and you cover it for all hip hop. And mm-hmm. so, I, you know, I had nothing schedule wise like stop me. So I would go, and um, you know, Black Cliff was there and had like uh, what was the blue hypnotic like hypnotic girls mm-hmm. smoking up. There was nothing stopping me from being like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna get that chew. I'm gonna smoke up. I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Um, and again, another moment like this is how it is. That is how right. it is. Is and so um, I didn't have, I didn't have to worry about like going to work the next day or this or that. Like I'm banging out like writing this this copy, establishing relationships. So uh, more than anything, it's like I had to get to New York. It's different now um, because, again, you know, just like how we're doing this with Zoom and social media, and, you know, you can kind of make these things and work um, uh, at a distance. But at the time, like, you, you know, to know, like the mag, like the three magazines, Vibe, Double X on the Source, they were ABC, NBC, CBS. Right, right, and so you had to know the editors. And if you're not mm-hmm. there to meet them, it's it's not – you know, you're not going to be able to just do like a, a hard phone call and, and develop that relationship that way. So like NYU, yes, but 
more so it just being a conduit to just being in New York, get my feet on right. the ground and do my thing. Do you feel like you could have did this without NYU? Yeah. I mean, I could have. I, I don't know if I don't know if I would have been able to the answer is yes for somebody. For me, I don't know if I would have been able to just like pack up $500, go and crash with like my mom's family in the Bronx and navigate working a part-time gig and trying to maneuver and do that way. School helped me have like an easy like pass and be like, oh, I can intern here. Right. Um, right. You know, you could, you know, maybe my, my type of hustling wasn't there. I don't know if I had enough teeth back then to kind of be like, fuck it, I could do this without the banner of having NYU on my chest. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think like in the early part of my career, like the 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 name on my jersey mattered so much to how I moved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would use that in a way for me. But like the older I get now, I'm like, the only name that matters on my jersey is the name on the back, which is me. Right, um, is you. Mm-hmm. But, but back then, you know, I kind of, I, I was able, I needed that to be like my ticket. Um, right. It didn't yeah. do everything for me, but I knew what to do with the ticket when I had it in my hand. Right, right. Cool. Now, yeah. now, here's a question in terms of, uh, I guess, the, I think you spoke briefly about it, the evolution of, of journalism, print journalism in, in general, yeah. how, and journalism actually in general, I guess, how has that affected you in terms of how, how do you move in terms of, in all this, in this environment, in terms of where they, I mean, like the magazines, people don't buy magazines as much as they used to. So how does that work now, especially getting out, getting hip hop yeah. information out? No, nah, so I mean, so it's bugged out. So like, I went to school for magazine journalism proper. Like that was my major at NYU, and so like working at Vibe was like a thing. And so like, um, I worked at Vibe. I used to be the executive editor at Double XL, and you know that it was I was pushing like our word counts up. We were doing like these like thirty four thousand word, um, excuse me, thirty four hundred word uh, cover stories. I had like Shea Serrano uh, writing for us, uh, uh, Julian Shepard. Um, you know, Ben Dietrich, really quality writers writing for us at Double XL because it was a magazine, a lot of length. Mm. And, um, you know, you saw also had like a timing period. Right. You were getting access to information early. Uh, and I remember, you know, I remember being an intern at Vibe and our editor in chief was uh, Mimi Valdez. And, you know, I saw a mock of a cover and it was Ashanti. And I'm like, Ashanti don't even got no shit out. Like, again, you know, thinking I knew everything. Ashanti don't even got no shit out. And there's two types of knowing everything. There's knowing everything on a broad scale because you're kind of encyclopedic with stuff. But then there's like knowing everything because you know how to move as an insider. And so I'm like, yo, Shanti, you ain't got no shit out. Mimi had heard the album. It got presented to her. She knew the timeline was a rollout. She saw the video. She thought the shit was going to take off. And so she shot called. Mm. And that's a large part of like, you know, magazine life because you're working on shit uh, anywhere from three months to a month and a half in advance. And so, you know, it's kind of just a different being than kind of like blogging or online shit, which is much more reactionary, um, mm-hmm. less like strategic and kind of like banking on shit and betting on like your judgment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's what I did early in my career working on a magazine and the mid part of my career, I did that too, going back to a magazine. Uh, but then, you know, I did a stint at MTV news, which is very like digital and on air. And that was very like the chase, chase, chase. And that was a little bit ahead of blog era. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we had to generate news. So it's like, I'm working a beat, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying my phone and at the time it was like a phone and my Blackberry and a recorder everywhere I want. So it's like, mm-hmm. it wasn't uncommon for me to like be at guest house or home. Uh, these are clubs in New York. Louie came with me to guest house. Um, we went to that Keisha Cole music video uh, that I brought you to. Yeah, when, I was, um, yeah. when I was in the Keisha so, Cole video. Yeah. So it wasn't uncommon for me to be like at a club at like one o'clock <laughs> nice. in the morning 
and like yeah. run up on like and see Irv Gotti there in the VIP, right? And 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 try to like just pump information out of him and pull out my recorder, mm-hmm. um, and then you know wake up in the morning kind of see what I had and like run it up to a story. Like it was real like hard living, hard working. Um, mm-hmm. Like me and Shaheen Reed were doing right. And so uh, then from there, I kind of evolved into like everything being like video, video, video world. And so, and you know, that's kind of like where I have this up right now. This is a, a Pusha T piece that I, I wrote Fuck. and directed. Uh, you know, that's, that's just the idea of like where things are, are going now where it's like, it's less and less. I mean, and you can say it for yourself, right? Like eight years ago, you were at the barbershop looking at the at the couch and be like, oh shit, here's a double XL with right. P.D. Pablo on the cover. I'm going to read this. Now, when you sit at the barbershop before you get your cut, like you're pulling out your phone, yeah, right. swiping through Twitter, and like you may find like a link to a video, and you're gonna watch that instead. So right. that's kind of been like the evolution. Like it, it evolves as like the consumption. It's chasing the consumption. So the same way that like we consume, like now the impetus is like how can I create to, to the consumption? And so mm-hmm. there, there's been some journalists that have been able to, to adapt. There's been some that emerged because they they they, they were younger, and that was the palette for them and you know there's mm-hmm. also been some that that that's just not their bag and and, and they're holding on to like writing long form and this is what they're going to do you know and, and you see the reflection also in like the outlets as well too right like complex evolved from a magazine right. to this like network of things and to, you know and now it's, it's 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 really like a video publisher mm-hmm. um, and also like experiential with like complex con hot ones has become a tv show so you right. know it's, it's it's part of like just trying to catch up and keep up to demand of how people are are, are really intaking the shit. Do you feel more like the J. Cole of hip hop journalists? Because like you're like on the end the back end of the young kids and on the front end of the, the older people in the industry. Like um, that's probably that's, that's that's probably good. I usually call myself Kobe because I say I'm a young vet, but RIP okay. uh, <laughs> that 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 probably uh, isn't a good um um, metaphor to use anymore. Yeah, but, but right. I mean, I, you, I, I say that because I, I can reach out on both ends, and and right. I, I have right. uh, either influence or reach with the class ahead of me and the class uh, behind me. So you know, I, I try. This is kid Eric Deep. He's a dope uh, young writer, and he he just kind of got interviewed for this um, insider like journalism newsletter that I also get, and I, I was surprised when I opened it, and uh, he made a comment about me as a mentor, and I, it just took me back because I, I I didn't. Um, I didn't expect to, to hear that from him, but I, you know, that's kind of the thing where it's like, you know, you try to pass on what you get from this crowd then mm-hmm. over to that crowd. And yep. I'm, 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 I'm pro- J. Cole example is probably really good. And also too, like when you're moving, like, it's not, it's not like, you know, like right now I'm in between gigs and in the past when you would be in between gigs, you would hit like your man at double XL or like, you know, if you knew this woman, at, uh, at Vibe or, or, or like this person at the source and you would get freelance work. And th- those would be things that float you okay. by because the people you worked with at one place moved to this place or whoever was freelance before, now they're staff here. And, you know, that's how you would kind of like um, survive while you're in between stuff. Whereas right. like, n- you know, now that it doesn't exist. Like I'm floating in between now and it's like, it's easier to do bios. If I do a bio for a label, that pays better than writing some like, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, freelance stuff. So, Instead, it's like, how can I find ways to just like maintain influence, right? So it's like, I, you know, I, I sit here um, while I'm in between stuff and like I'm still getting calls for people trying to look for stuff and I'm still trying to be like the go-to. So like, you know, I, I got you on this or I got you on this or a young person's texting me about this or like, you know, a vet is like, yo, you got this connect and, you know, still trying to be uh, that person because it's, it's a different way of like maintaining in between than how it used to be. 
again, I just used this reference of 10 years ago, but that, that's really kind of like the distinct like demarcation point when like when shit changed. Okay. What's the, what, so my question is like, where are you trying to get to? Like, what's the, what's the end game for Jason? Um, I feel like we should have asked this question like an hour from now. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, right? it's tough because it's like in, in this game, like the, the, um, whenever you're in a seat, it, it gets hot quick. Right. And it's like, you know, you're right. not going to be long, um, for shit. And it's like the, the, so for me, it's always, I, like, I've always aspired, like I'm, I'm trying to get like power and influence so I could wield it. From, from, with the same like philosophies that I had when I started out at the beginning, right? Like I care about this shit, right? Yeah. And so Nefesic, I care about it and I, and I study it. I pay attention. I'm reading everything. And, and and I say that in the terms of like, I'm just like to backtrack a little bit. Like I'm not the type who's like, um, like if, if, if you come to my crib and, and like, you're like, yo, put something on. I'm not, I'm not putting on like it was written, right? Like I'm, I'm putting on like Polo G's album, right? Like I'm, it's always like the new, the new move forward, forward, forward. And the example I always use is like, I, like I'm more interested in watching like John Morant and Jason Tatum and Ben Simmons rather than like watching right. Game Six from the 1998 NBA Finals, right? Okay. So it's like I don't I don't go home and do hip hop that same way because I don't do sports that same way. And you know I, I have some colleagues who that's not their their bag and that's not how they do. Like they're like, yo, the shit from 2001 or shit was never better than our era. And, you know, to me, it's always getting better, right? Like, you can debate, like, the peaks of some eras were better or the stars of some eras. Like, obviously, like, Jay-Z, Nas, and, and, and Big, like, that. They're it, great. It's, it's better than the peak of the big three right now. But, like, you know, so let's say one, two, and three from our era was better than one, two, three of this era. The four to 25 of this era smokes the four to 25 right. of, like, the era from New York. Mm. So, like, you know, just, like, in aggregate and total, like, the spectrum of hip-hop it's dope. And so anyway, to kind of bring it back and like with the end goal and what you're doing, when, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always trying to get like, uh, uh, you know, trying to get like the, the say so to influence stuff so we can create stuff. Right. You, 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 you run into places where it's like, you know, why, why am I have to, if you call me this expert, then why am I have to explain this thing to you? Right. You hired me as an expert. So at right. that point, your job is to trust, not to need an explanation. Right. right? right. But it happened, you know, it happens. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's a reckoning that's happening across like a lot of industries. But just speaking to my field, like, you know, and that's why you keep on trying to move up the ladder because you're trying to have like influence and say so. And so, um, I mean, I can tell you, all like I'm, I, the reason I'm in between is because I, I was supposed to get a gig at Complex. Right. Like I got hired to, for a gig at Complex. Um, and, and before I started, they pulled the offer. But like that gig that I got was the it, it was um the thing that i'd been that after the whole time i moved that here career yeah. pinnacle. it was this thing it was, it was that seat that was at the crux of like creativity plus like decision making yeah. and you know and that's what happens that's where you kind of go after and you do um and, you know in terms of like end goal it, you know it's a mix it's like you know there's not that many seats that's why it gets hot right so it's like yep. i went through this experience and people are like yo you know it'll come back to you and it's like there's not a lot of those seats Right. It, it may it may not come back around, but um, uh, for some of it, I'm just trying to punch my own ticket. Right. So I, yeah, I in, independent producer because I have my own company, I, you know, partner with a couple of production companies, writing treatments, you know, pre COVID and quarantine. I was about to start shopping them around. Uh, but, you know, I was talking to man, different managers, different uh, artist talent, <laughs> production companies and trying to like package things together to just shop them around to, to platforms. So I just think for me at my point in my career, 
it's important for me to get like a created by credit. Like I, I, it, it's the, 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 if, if you know me by now, or even if you don't know me by now, the execution part, like that's a given, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, like I, that, that part I don't have to explain anymore. Um, right. But it's the idea of like, you know, germating a new idea, pulling this off from scratch. And it's like, this is this new franchise. This is right. this thing that didn't exist. It's going to keep going. It's going to be recurring and not just mm-hmm. kind of like this one off. And, and getting that kind of like developed by, created by credit. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of my next uh, iteration that will probably lead to uh, where I'm, I guess where I'm trying to go or end goal, whatever you're saying. You know? All right. Yeah, that, that, that was a heavy question for probably the end, but just going back yeah, to and defeating, you know, and <laughs> I was like just getting, getting Magneto like, out of pocket. Because he was giving so much. I just wanted to know, like, uh, where are you going with this? <laughs> uh, but in terms of like just just circling back to like the, um, the independent production, and you were talking about the uh, the Pusher T project in the background, like what can you talk more about that project and or other projects you have have been working that, on? That project's out yeah. though, right? Yeah, and this is the old project. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I watched it. I yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 2017. This this is this is kind of like my last like hit. Um, uh, again, you know, it's like in, in the in the print era and kind of like the digital era. Of writing, like you know, I had hits coming more fluent and more often. With video, they come less and less because it's more costly. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, yeah, so this is when I was working at Vivo, and um, th- I, I guess this is a good example because this shows like internally, structurally, some of the challenges you you, you face um, and how you have to pull them off. But then, kind of like a, an earmark of what I'm trying to do forward. Uh, so this push a T piece. Um, you know, he, he, uh, I was at Viva, we were trying to do something on Pusha and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And it's a challenge because, you know, a straight one-to-one interview, um, you know, Viva had this mindset that like, um, you know, everybody's interviews, is going to be a challenge. Um, that wasn't my mindset because their interviews aren't going to be my interviews. And so, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, I have this really good Jeezy one-on-one interview that I did for Vivo that... I think kind of it's up there with like the breakfast club interview and my interview, maybe like one other. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but just from a competitive standpoint, like that's not what people are going to Vivo to check for. So it's like, you know, trying to find like unique niches and different approaches. And so with um, Pusha T, um, I was trying to think like, all right, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? And I remember going to the listening and, and, and hearing the music and talking to his, one of his uh, managers, I've known both of his managers for a long time, but I'm at the listening, talking to one of his managers and um, which, you know, for like Vivo as an organization is, is, is not, that's, that's not the common way of doing stuff. Um, you know, they have a unit that speaks to like uh, the label and they're not necessarily like engaging with managers, but I, I was unique. And it's it, again, you know, structurally companies have to like recognize their talent and like the ability they have and, and what they could do and not view that as a threat, but you know, view that as an advantage. And so uh, talking to the team and kind of have like a, I'm telling them like, I want to do something unique and different. And they're keying me in on some of the, like, you know, he wants to have something that's different. He he doesn't know exactly what, but it's something, but he's open to something that's different. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I don't have to play telephone with that game. I don't have to get that from the label, talking to the label team at Vivo that's going to tell me, like I'm getting that directly from them. So, you know, taking that information and thinking like, all right, what, what could it be? And so uh, then, you know, push a, he, uh, he Instagram a copy of Daytona. This is before Daytona came out, but it was a mocked up purple cassette and he had tagged as a geo uh, location, um, uh, Stapleton projects. Right. And so I was like, damn, you know what? I should take him to Stapleton. 
and he could see where like the wool's from and kind of like do this mix of like the influence of why he's calling it the purple tape and like this is where the purple tape came from and um so um i ended up going to wyoming for the kanye west um what was the album the the, the bipolar joint was it just yay Ooh, i forget yeah the it was yay yeah, so I ended up I, I, yeah. I ended up getting invited to that, which again, just to talk about structurally with like things. So like the label hits me directly, like, yo, we can't give you much. They text me. We can't tell you much detail, but like tomorrow, flight out to Wyoming, you enter out. Let us know now. You can't say shit to anybody. I'm like, all right, I'm in. So I'm like waiting, waiting, waiting. I like wake up at like five o'clock in the morning, check my phone, and like flight information is just coming in. And it's like, yo, eight thirty, you gotta be here. Damn. So I'm like packing my shit up, I go, and I'm hitting Vivo, like, yo, I got, uh, this is the deal, boom, 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 like, I'm, I'm about to go do this. And like, you know, also being like a responsible employee, like, I didn't have shit on my plate for the next day and a half where this was interrupted, right? right. Like, I was just been researching at my desk. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, you know, this is the deal, I'm going to this or whatever. That ended up being some static because I had uh, supervisors who were just like, yo, you know, uh, you got to run this bias or whatever. And it's like the world I exist in and how I operate, like can't run that. You, 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 you have to be okay with me managing myself. Right. right. Because for, for, to do what you think is like the idea of management, that doesn't move fast enough for the idea of the world I, I live in. So again, if I'm the expert and you trust me, like your right. job isn't to clock police or your job micromanage. Is, yeah. Your job is what I got going on. What, yep. am, I, what am I bringing this week? Right. So ended up going to uh, Wyoming, uh, checking out the listening. And so the next day we're leaving. It's like small airplane bunker. So it's like we're in this like area and it's like, you know, uh, Ty Dolla Sign, different label people, management people, whatever. And the view is actually that cover. The view from that airport is that there's a Kanye cover. You see the mountains, the snow mountains, oh, yeah. whatever. Okay. And so um, literally like, I think I can't remember if I'm coming out of the bathroom or push is coming out of the bathroom, but like we cross paths and I'm like, yo, push. And he's like, yo, uh, Jay. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, you got, do you have a minute? Can I, can I rap to you about something? And I just give him the elevator pitch right there. And, um, uh, what's actually funny in that moment too is this is before he got married. And while I was talking to him, fabulous walked by mm -hmm. and he's like, yo, fab. He's like, are you coming to the wedding or not? He's like, my, my, he's like, Jenny is stressing me out. Like, what's up? The, About the list. Like, and Fab <laughs> is like, yo, my bad. Like, I got to talk to M, blah, blah, blah. And they're just being like normal, like uh, right. couples and wedding. Yeah. <laughs> a funny moment in between. But anyway, I give him the pitch right there and he's in. So he's in. And at that point, I was, um, I also had like Raekwon in my pocket because I was going to bring Raekwon to Stapleton. And it was going to be, although Raekwon is from Park Hill, which is kind of like a 10 minute uh, drive from Stapleton. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ghostface and, and RZA are from Stapleton, uh, Raekwon and kind of everybody else is from Park Hill. We see the uh, show. I have we saw Raekwon. the show. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to have Raekwon <laughs> and uh, Pusha meet together and kind of rap and talk. Right. Um, but the you know, schedules didn't work out and, 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 and Ray kind of had to go because he had a bag doing like a tour show and, and, and couldn't. So anyway, the fast forward, pull it off, um, book it. I, I go to Stapleton myself. I hit my man Guy. And um, he's he's from uh, The Rock, uh, Stapleton. You know, we go scout out and go through the projects, figure out, like, the route we're going to shoot this. And then, um, uh, you know, assemble a crew. We go out there and shoot it, do the interview. So then um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm long in the tooth with this because I kind of want to explain, like, the where this put me on my path to where I want to go and kind of, like, the challenges you face when you're at a, a, a company. So then... 
film everything. I have the piece. So then I'm trying to secure music, right. That I want to use in the piece. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm trying to go through, uh, the Vivo channels of, of doing stuff. And I'm like, Hey, I need this instrumental. Can you reach out to the label and do stuff? And, you know, for me, it's a challenge because coming from a magazine background as an editor, like I'm just doing that all myself uh, for my writer. When you go to like video places or other places, they're, 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 especially Vivo, it's modeled off like MTV, which has MTV news, TRL, this, that. So they centralize uh, uh, that communication with the label because this person can just talk for all the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Vivo, that wasn't necessary. And it always ended up kind of feeling like, uh, more often than not an impediment. Sometimes it was beneficial if your workload was wide and you kind of just needed somebody to handle that while you're working on something. But in this case, I was trying to get the music. They couldn't secure the music. And then um, I just ended up texting the same dude from Def Jam who had invited me to Wyoming in the first place. And I was like, yo, you mind if I just like go and get the shit myself? And he's like, yo, if you can get it. But he also knew me. The, the, the Def Jam rep had interned at MTV News when I was MTV News popping. So he knew who I was. So he's like, yo, if you can get it, like, help us out. So I'm like, cool. So I just hit Mike Dean. I hit Mike Dean direct, and I'm like, yo, Mike, I'm working on this shit, whatever. I'm like, I need a couple of instrumentals uh, for this piece. Label says they can't get it. Like, what's up? Mike Dean is Kanye's um, engineer, longtime engineer for Scarface. So I hit Mike direct, and he's like, yo, I got you. He's like, I'm going to send it to this person at the label tomorrow. I got it. Boom. I hit the label, and I'm like, yo, Mike's going to send it tomorrow. It's going to come to homegirl. She's going to get it. Get it from her. Next day, it comes. All, all the way get it popping and get the instrumental i put the piece together um you know wrote it directed it um produced it and it, it you know it's just funny because at the end usually like at the end when you kind of have a piece that's popping everybody who helps is like championing it and they're pushing it on their socials too it, right. nobody pushed the ship on me um because it, nobody helped me i ended up doing it and it's funny because rather than like signaling it at the time as a success it was kind of just like you know, they left me on my island because I did the shit myself. So it was kind of like, all right, like, you know, not like some ill will shit, but it's like, you, you're, this, this should have been a, success, a different type of success for y'all. Y'all right. should have recognized who y'all had. And it, right. you know, kind of didn't turn out that way. And then, you know, months later when they're having their upfronts um, and, you know, upfront and kind of like digital and TV speak is when you present what you're going to do for the year to advertisers, right. labels, different partners. Um, so you can kind of get them to get on board in either a, a partner way or like a financial way. And so okay. when Viva went and did their upfronts, everybody from labels were texting me and they're like, yo, they're showing this piece. And I'm like, oh, that's real funny that they're showing this piece because at the yeah. time I really didn't feel that, that, that support. Yeah, support. And so, you know, and, and I don't say this to criticize them. I, I just say this matter of factly where it's like, it sometimes it's hard to become a different type of manager than the idea of what you think a manager is because you're only as good as the management you've had. And I think people have this experience where they don't say like, I didn't like this part. So when I become a manager, I'm going to grow and do this. instead. And so anyway, long story short where I'm like, all right, I wrote this, I directed this, I produced it. I did everything where I'm like, I can just do this shit myself. Right. Like I spoke to the management, I spoke to the camp or whatever. And so, you know, that kind of inspired me to reignite my company. And um, so to, to get to like the, the point of the answer, it's like, you know, um, I, I again, it's like different ideas I have for franchises that aren't one-offs. Like this is a one-off, uh, it, you know, to partner and do something independently because of the cost of things, it can't just be a one-off, right? Like right. there has to be some type of way that they can see it being a, um, like a, a I don't say cost-efficient, 
but a series where it's like, all right, there's things that are repeatable that right here we can um, budget where we can do this, where it's like we can spread expenses over here for the expectations to get this so it can right. be a success. And so uh, rather than doing kind of like a one-off, there's different things that I've had where it's like, all right, this, this is a music type of thing that can be a reoccurring thing. This is sports type of thing. And, you know, I, I just wrote treatments, went to production companies, sat down with the creative directors and like, this is the vision, this is what I have. They get on board, you know, then I send them the treatment afterwards, you know, they read it and they see like, I, right, like, like we're in. And then um, from that point, like I, you know, I've reached out to a couple of artists because um, I was going to package and take everything and then go to like a, a media outlet to be like, look, I, this, like, this is me. This is the production company I have to help me with this. I have the artists on board. Here's the budget. And so th- this is like right where I was uh, December, February, uh, December, January, February. So, okay. uh, you know, once all this changes, kind of, I, I hope to kind of like resume and get there. But in, in terms of being an independent producer, like that's that's kind of the idea where it's like, um, um, you know, I, I guess in some degree it's betting on yourself. In some degree, it's it's um, you know, it, sometimes it's just easier to turn the wheel when you're not at a company because um, sometimes companies have their history that handcuffs mm-hmm. them. You know, we always do it this way. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. Kind of get stuck, stuck oh, yeah. in that same cycle. Where it's like with my company, there, there is no way we've done something. You know, we, right. it's my way. We've done something, and Continue, as yeah. we as we, we grab a partner, um, you know, things get reassessed. But for now, at least in, in, in the genesis of an idea, it's like this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And trying to move forward. So, so okay. speaking uh, of your, uh, go ahead. Oh no, you, you got it. I was going to say, just speaking of you know the independent producer side. Uh, you know, Goal Links was an independent uh, produ- production piece, right? Not Goal Link was through Vivo. It was through Vivo too. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was what was what was um? I know for for when you sent that piece to me, that was I would think I would say that that was my first introduction to Goal Links, just as yeah. an artist and things like that. Uh, so what was that like? And and I like how do you like you said it's through Vivo, but how do you? Uh, ultimately uh, pitch those ideas, you know, to your higher ups and how does yeah. that process work? No, that's a good example. So um, my man, uh, Chike, uh, Chike is, uh, he's, um, he's half of the directing uh, duo, uh, Kudi and Chike. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just directed uh, the uh, Stefan Marbury documentary uh, that okay. just came out. And, uh, you know, through Creative Control, their production company, they used to do a ton of music videos. It was Window Seat for Erica Badu, uh, Through the Wire for Kanye West. Uh-huh. And so um, I remember Chica used to always say to me, like, yo, I, I can't wait to see your writing style on mm-hmm. video. Mm-hmm. And okay. I mean, he used to say that to me like like five, six and seven years ago. And at the time, I didn't I didn't understand what he was talking about. Just like, uh, whatever. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I was just like, yo, flattered. But I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. And, and, I, and I'm a huge like Cootie and Chike fan. Like, I, 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 I feel very fortunate to like have a friendship with them. But like, I still mm-hmm. and, like kind of step back and I'm like, man. Y'all are dope, like the work that y'all do. And so um, he would always say that. And I was like, I, I, like, I got to figure out what this means. I got to figure out what this means. So uh, with the Gold Link piece, uh, my boss at the time, uh, who he wasn't my boss when I was doing this piece at, at, at Vivo. Okay. And he got uh, laid off. But he, he's, he's the person I got at, at uh, Vivo in the first place. And he used to work at MTV. So... When I, this is kind of seem like kind of knotted and twisted, but it's going to make sense to the end point where I'm getting. Back when I was at MTV, his name was Joseph Patel. He used to be like, don't just write. Don't just come into MTV and think it's like a magazine. It's different here. 
learn what it is for like video, get your experience doing some other stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. Don't know what that means. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm through, time, through time, what he said and what, what, what Chike said, like, it, you know, came to fruition. And so mm-hmm. with the Gold Link piece, uh, so for Gold Link, you know, young kid from, he's, uh, he's from um, DMV area. He has a song, Crew. And um, and then he just put out an album, mm-hmm. I think like a year and a half ago called uh, Diaspora, which is super Love cool. it. And so um, we... Excuse me. We were trying to do a piece on rappers and where they came from and the influence of their hometown on their perspective and their work. And so we were trying to think of a bunch of different um, artists. And you know, at one point, we were going to do um, Belly, the kid uh, who's affiliated with The Weeknd in, in Ottawa, but um, he doesn't necessarily have like that like love affair with his hometown, so he wasn't interested. We were going to do uh, Joey Badass in Brooklyn, but that becomes hard because that, that, that story kind of gets told so many times. And so, you know, we were at our wits end trying to figure out like who, who was our artist. And then, uh, this kid, Cam Roberts, uh, he worked with us at Vivo and uh, he just co-wrote, um, the treatment to, uh, Wale's video, uh, I'm rooting for everybody black. Oh, wow. So Cam is like, yo, what about Gold Link? And it's like, yo, that's a good one, right? Because D- like DC, New Orleans, and Oakland are kind of like these just like black enclaves where culture is just like unadulterated, right? Like yep. they're, they're just uh, black cities. Even Atlanta, like Atlanta's not like New Orleans, DC, and Oakland. And um, so you know, it, it was just super interesting. And like you know, the DC story is never really told well beyond like, oh, you know, and go go, right? And so. Okay. Um, <laughs> We end up doing it. We were like, all right, cool. We do a couple phone calls with him. We're like, all right, we're going to do this story about you in D.C. And then we go down there, and I realized, like, he's really not from D.C. proper. He's from Bowie, Maryland, right? Okay. And, um, and him telling the story and, and, and going around with his friends, a lot of what he was saying wasn't that different from, like, how I grew up, right? It's, it's more so, like, he's influenced by his friends, and that's the influence he takes that spits out in his music, right? Okay. And okay. That and there's there's power and value in that, right? Um, but it's not necessarily the DC story that he thought he had. Mm-hmm. And so while we're on the ground, I had to kind of like shift the idea of what the story would be, and instead turn it to like him and his friends. Mm-hmm. And so then instead we're like letting the camera run on him and his friends more because that that um, that rapport and kind of that like friendship you like you see it like yeah. he's, not, he's not like the leader of the crew; he's in the crew. It's an ensemble, right? right? Yep. And so, you know, the story kind of changed into that. So then, uh, you know, we get back to me. We, we were in D.C. for three days. And, like, we were at his crib that him, with him and his pops that he grew up oh, in. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we go, we're, we're in Maryland. Then we go to D.C. the next day. We, you know, we pop up at different restaurants. And then, like, that, that, there's a scene in there where it's, like, him, his friends, Wale, there's a bunch of different people. And then he has this, uh, on his first album, I forget the name of his first album, uh, he has this interlude called... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's like Kokomo's Freestyle it's like one of the last tracks on the album and it's just like this dude who's like older in DC who kind of like just pops up everywhere freestyling mm-hmm. and he popped up he popped up and started freestyling and I'm like yo we gotta get this shit on camera mm-hmm. and so that's that, that's how we ended the piece so it felt to me at the end like with this piece and, and, and with the uh, Golden piece it felt like if you're from there it didn't feel like I swooped in Right. Told the story and got out. It felt like you're like, yo, nah, like he, sp- he spent time. He went to the places he, like that people don't go to and mm-hmm. it's official. Right. So, um, got back to New York and just watched all the footage and 
um, at that point at Vivo, I hadn't worked on pieces like this. It was more like hosting pieces mm-hmm. and um, kind of more like game show, like fun, like uh, make people laugh uh, or talk about like a music video. So with this, once I like watched all the pieces and I started writing it, that's when it hit me, like what Chike was saying, right? Like I wrote it like I would write a magazine story. Like this is the opening scene. The opening okay. scene is like here on this location, Gold Link, all his friends smiling, laughing, Wale, boom, 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 action happens, start. Mm-hmm. And then we go into like the history, which is exactly how we do this magazine story, right? After that break, then we go back to like he was born here and did this or whatever. Then mm-hmm. fast forward to like, you yeah. know, this is how he popped with his career and then ended kind of like with the look at the future of what he's trying to do. And so the way and, and, and when I direct stuff, I, I, I write it out as if it's like a blueprint. Okay. And so, I, you know, I write it, I give it to the editor um, and, and, you know, I'm writing it like this soundbite, um, mm-hmm. you know, this comment, this is what you're going to see for B-roll, this, put the sound up here. Like I write everything down. Um, and you know, then they give me a rough cut. And then from that point, then I sit with the editor and I go through and I'm like, all right, let's change this. The rhythm's off a little bit. Let's do this, snick that, okay. let's change this or whatever, whatever. Um, but, but that, that, that gold link piece, it, you know, it, it happened internally, but through that experience that, that was kind of me like figuring out the things that people externally had been telling me for a couple of years that I, I wasn't connecting the dots. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you who's your. Your worst interview, but, <laughs> but I can tell you it is. It's, it hasn't changed. Oh, uh, well, has, what it hasn't changed for years. I was going to tell you. Who, I was going to ask who, who's your worst and who's your favorite interview. So like, yeah, I can tell you my worst, my best, and my favorite. The worst right. was uh, Birdman right. twice. Okay, um, twice, twice, <laughs> twice. Wow. Yeah. Why? So, why? Um, you got to explain. So the first one, I was, um, I was at NYU, grad student. Um. Writing for all hip hop. He was baby back then. Yeah, he's baby. Be Asterix, I think, still. So, <laughs> uh, uh, him, and, him and Manny Fresh are doing this Big Timers album. And um, Chuck Quickman hits me up and he's like, yo, you free to do this or whatever. I think about had a class and I was like, yo, fuck the class. One, did the interview. Um, go to Universal, you know, hop on the A train, go down and do it. And to tell you how long ago this was, like, I had like my G unit. <laughs> T-shirt, like, my, like my my G unit Reeboks. So everything was um, baggy. Yeah, everything super. Yeah. T-shirts was big. <laughs> Way too much denim. And yes. so uh, I, I go and do the interview. And what we were trying to do for strategy is like we would do these interviews with artists because we would do these Q and As, and that that was the thing that all hip hop did to kind of disrupt uh, journalism, right? Like magazines would do these uh, profiles, but then. Um, all hip hop would do Q and A's, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I and then you know you're trying to pull news out of it too. So how can I get like a couple of news items, but then do this Q and A? And so, at the time, uh, Baby was still arguing with Wendy Day. Wendy Day's is a woman who she operates this uh, uh, nonprofit company called the Rap Coalition, and it was much more prominent back like 15, 20 years ago. And like 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, actually. And so her thing was trying to help artists understand their deals and help them not get taken advantage by the labels. And so her big claim to fame was the Cash Money deal, the David Mm -hmm. Banner deal, and some other one. David Banner credits her a lot. Uh, Birdman is like, nah, like I was going to get my shit no matter what. Right. And so, and and, you know, (laughs) the the Cash Money, they had a record-setting deal, like, 
you know, I think they had like half of their uh, masters. They were going to get it back in like 10 years. Crazy advance. Like it was unprecedented at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I asked uh, Baby about it. And, and, and I'm in this like little small room. Like it's it's like the size of my bathroom, you know, right? Like oh, it's a sure. little small like yeah, room. Small. <laughs> and it's like me, <laughs> Baby's across from me, uh, Manny Fresh. And like a couple of goons off to the side, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's no cameras. Mm-hmm. I got my phone, my, my recorder, and I asked him a question. And I, I get to the Wendy Day question, and he just like gets super short with me. And then like from there, like he's not answering shit. And then I'm, I'm asking questions for like the both of them. Manny's trying to help and like answer, but Birdman's answering. He's like, "Nah, we ain't gonna talk about this or whatever." And so like it really chopped my time with them, and half. And I thought at the time I didn't really get shit from them. Mm-hmm. And so like I remember going back to the crib. And I'm like, yo, Chuck, like, I didn't get shit, man. Like, and, I, and at the time, I, I didn't have a long track record. So it's like uh, um, an L meant so much. Like now, it's like you get an L, it's like, oh, fuck it. Shut, like, right. I averaged 30 points a game. I had a bad night, right? Like, right, right. But, but, but then, like, that L was like, it stung, man. Like, I remember hitting Chuck, like, yo, I don't got anything. I didn't get any news. There's no, like, uh, uh, Q&A. Like, I didn't get shit. Like, it's a wrap. Right. And, um... I, you know, I ended up being able to put a piece together, but at the time I was like, oh, this is horrible. So then fast forward years later, I'm at MTV and I'm down in Miami. We go to the Hit Factory to interview uh, Baby. I think it was like Baby, it might have been after like like Father and Son. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we had the microphone and like, you know, the MTV microphone is like famous. It has like the mic, the, the mic boxes and MTV yeah. uh-huh. And um, Baby's like, yeah, I don't want to hold this shit. <laughs> and I'm like, what we need to hear you. And so um he's in like this leather chair. He's Madonna. He was Madonna he's, all the uh, way. He's he's in this leather chair and uh you know kind of has like the arms up, whatever. It looks like an office chair. He's like literally shoving like pounding the microphone into the spot so it's off camera and he's like, Can you hear me? Can you hear me like this? And you know the director, I mean not the director, but the cameraman is uh, you know a dude who's like this is not his environment. So he's kind of like yeah, that sounds good or whatever. And I'm just like the fuck, man. So right. do the interview, and I'm just like yeah, this is this is wild. So Birdman has the distinction of being my worst interview twice twice over. <laughs> um, so you were the, you were the original Breakfast Club. He <laughs> yeah, they, they ain't got shit on me. They ain't got shit on me. He's a problem everywhere he goes. Yeah, they ain't got shit on me. Uh, I was the first person to interview uh, Rick Ross without his shirt. That uh, the distinction I had. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear this. We was we was mad close too. I was like, oh, you have you have eyes around your belly button. Right, cool. so, uh, yeah, my uh, yeah, my 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 best interview, Jay Z. I did this Jay Z interview. It was supposed to be 20 minutes long. Uh, ended up stretching to be an hour and a half. Um, and, you know, from there, that's what established my relationship with Jay-Z. Um, and uh, Where is that like? Would you, would you guys do that in the studio? Did you do it, like, at one of his cribs? Like, Yeah, yeah. so um, it was... Uh, I would so feel like I was there. It was, was a day before... Said one yeah, of his so, cribs. so it, it was a day... <laughs> so he came to MTV. It was a day before Thanksgiving. And MTV, like, our editors came to me and Shaheem. They're like, yo, we have this interview... Um, opportunity with Jay Z, but it's gonna be the day before Thanksgiving. And uh, excuse me, Shah was like, "Yo, I got travel plans to go see my my uh, my mom in Virginia. Like, I can't I can't do it." And at that time, I had a bus ticket 
uh, to Delaware too, they, they would have conflicted with the interview. And they were like, how about you? And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm free. Yeah. I hit my parents and I was like, yo, I might be late for dinner. And so, um, uh, I, I, uh, you know, at this time I had never interviewed Jay. Uh, it, it might've been like my first like heavy, heavy, heavyweight interview. And so, mm-hmm. Um, props to Shaheem Reed, who I, I love immensely, man. Like he's yes. a fucking first ballot Hall of Famer, man. Like he's amazing, man. And a saying that I have is, is when you're that successful, like you know, it's easy like to hate on shit. And I always say, like, if you want that Shaheem Reed shit, you got to do that Shaheem Reed work. And like 100, yeah. percent like he is a fucking monster. Yes. He's immensely talented, immensely driven, has so much vision, man. Like I, I love that motherfucker so so much man I, I learned so much from him mm-hmm. and it's weird i don't call him a mentor because we, we were more brothers riding side by side but just watching mm-hmm. him and, and seeing how he goes about his his work had like a profound effect on me so mm-hmm. uh with the jay interview he helped me a lot and he's just like yo he's like jay is just clever it's not a lot of interviews i had like this like you can't ask him a close-ended question and so a close-ended mm-hmm. question is if you give me a chance to say yes or no right. i can just say yes or no you know you have to make it in a question where it's like you can get them going and talking, right? So it's like, don't story. ask closing questions. Don't, you know, there was a couple other tips he had me, but that was the one. And, and, and that's like a journalism one-on-one thing, but like he pounded it like, yo, you don't understand. Like he's this or whatever, whatever. So, um, you know, I had like a, a yellow legal pad with all these questions and there were probably three things that helped me be successful. That was the first part. The second part was a little bit before that interview, uh, me and my man Hanif, uh, I think Lou. I think you know my man. Hanif, Hanif that's my boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh me yeah, too. Dev, you do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Hanif is like my version of like y'all up here, right? Yeah. So yep. me and Hanif, I went to LA, and we ended up stopping by this shoot. Uh, it was a cover shoot for uh, I think like Latina magazine because the homegirl was working there at the time, and uh, they had a videographer shooting behind the scenes, and you know LA is a little different. They they New York is more like it now, but they hustle from like project to project per quarter and it's like, yo, I'm working on this show, but this show's on hiatus, so now I'm gonna do this. And so again, to do like at the time thing, he was working on the show at the time that Fox Sports used to run, uh, called Sports Science, which now, you know, ESPN is acquired and it's kind of an ESPN property. Um, but back then it was kind of like, you know, you, it, it wasn't online, no social media. So if you caught it and you wanted to know and you knew this thing, you knew this thing. And mm-hmm. sports science, it, it was what it was. It's talking about the science of you know, sports energy and, 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 you know, how, um, um, you know, this football player has like the, the, the shakes that he has or how this basketball player has this pressure to, to his first step is so crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I did the, the Jay-Z interview, uh, I had mentioned that to him. I was like, yo, I want this interview to come like, before we're starting. I'm like, yo, I want this interview to be like, like sports science. Like, I'm really like kind of get them behind like the scenes and stuff. And, um, I, I, I think he knew about it. I can't remember if he knew about it or if I put him on to it, but there was a, there was definitely a visceral, like, yeah, light bulb going off. And so I had him at that point. This is before we started recording. So, you know, it, it, it helped. Um, and then like the third thing was all the MTV people, like, so this interview, I had to do that for MTV news, TRL, a bunch of different properties. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had a three camera setup, which was unique at the time for MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, usually be like two setups, like the, the, the close and the wide. So we had like the close, the wide, and then we had a crane going back and forth. And um, uh, I remember everybody at MTV is like, yo, he's coming. He's going to be in 10 minutes. Like, we need you to get to the 25th floor. 
I'm on the 29th floor and I'm like, yo, fuck that. I'm like, I'm not getting there before him. Like, I'm not going to be there. And he walks in and it's like, hey, Jay, I'm waiting for you. I'm like, he's going to get there. Once he's there, then I'm going to come down and y'all are going to introduce me because I need y'all to set me up. I need y'all to set me up. I can't be there. And then y'all do this. Like, I need it to work this way. And so, and I couldn't explain that to them because that's just not how they operate. And that's not right. So I just waited, waited, waited. Then I got the, the, the Blackberry Messenger thing, like, yo, he's here. Where you at? And I'm like, all right, I'm coming. So, you know, there came you down, walked in. So then when they saw me, they're like, oh, that's Jason. Jay, Jay, Jay. So that way they can create like the pause and his attention oh. and be like, yo, this is the person. Quarterback. But came Qu- up and hey. talked, yeah, you, know, you, you have to quarterback this shit, man. You have, yep. you have to yep. quarterback this shit. And so, and this, this is shit where it's like a lot of people where it's like, it's kind of art of war. And you don't need to kind of be as Machiavellian as the art of war, but you have to process and, and teach people how you want them to mm-hmm. teach you, to treat you and set treat it up. Yep. Otherwise, yep. like, it's just, you, if you can't teach people to help you, like, they're not going to help you on their own. They're either Never. too scared or, or the idea of power imbalance affects them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, sit down for this interview, the day before Thanksgiving. It's supposed to be uh, 20 minutes, but we sat for an hour and a half. Sat for an hour and a half. Wow. We talked about stuff. And, you know, and I had my shit cocked and ready to go. Even when I stumbled for a question or two, like, he would, he didn't go into his normal, like, all right, I'm going to do this and be this asshole. Like, you know, he was like, I got it. I, I'll pick real up. Recognize real recognize real. Yeah. So we ended up having a dope interview. And um, MTV turned that shit into, uh, they used to have, like, best, uh, what's it, brand spanking music week. They changed it into brand spanking lyric week because I had gotten all this. Good content uh, stuff, and this was like the around American Gangster uh, album. So okay. uh, it's bugged out. It's, it's ninety minute interview. They, they, I think they only ran like <laughs> like six minutes of this shit. I still have it, and uh, I keep awesome. telling people. I keep telling people on social media who follow me, like, and there's people who remind me all the time, uh, including like Ain't No Jigger. If you follow him on social media, um, they're like, "Yo, do something with it." I'm like, "Yo, this is gonna be an anniversary for it. I'm just gonna cut it myself." I'm gonna okay. do my own documentary short and put the shit. Yo, on what YouTube. you should do is note down how many times he said, "You know, you know." Yeah, <laughs> and no. so uh, <laughs> I'm also trying to remember because it's so long ago. Yeah, but uh, yeah, do the interview. Hop on the bus late. Like I think I have to like wait standby. I completely missed Thanksgiving dinner. I think I showed up like eight o'clock. Mm. Um, hey, hey, so, but, yo, uh, some families don't eat till eight. No, but, but from oh, that yeah. point, like you know, but that's established my relationship with Jay. So. One time we were out for a birthday party at Spotted Pig, me, Hanif, and a couple other people. And we're on like the top third floor, which is, again, small, it's like my bathroom, small area. And um, <laughs> so we're, we're waiting for my homegirl to come through and the door opens and we think it's her. So we can say surprise and it's Jay. Oh, wow. And, and Jay was an investor in this restaurant. And so he comes in, he sees me and he's like, yo, Scooter, please, I'm going to sit here. So he's, him and John Manili sit there. Wow. And then... Um, I had, this, our interview was not that long ago, so we was just rapping about shit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so this is an example of shit that I haven't shared with like uh, 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 Dev and Lou. So yeah. like we're just like sitting there chilling, and so and Jay starts ordering shit, and he's like asking, he's like, "Yo, tell your people, like whatever." So you know, different shots. So I'm having shots. Me, Jay, John Manili. He's ordering uh, different appetizers. You know, passing them around to like all my friends, and, and we're like waiting. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know, my homegirl, she shows up. Uh, for her birthday, and Jay's like, "Yo, surprise!" And then Jay's like, "Yo, we was gonna wait to eat, but like they was hungry." And all the girls, <laughs> like, on y'all. And all the, but, but he had ordered the food, so then all yeah. the girls are like, "Nah, boo, they start booing him." Right. But, you know, ended up being a dope night. Dope night. That's what's up. Again, at another party, the night of my birthday, uh, him and Beyonce came through. 
offered me like shots. I was already tore up, so I was like, I can't do Jesus. it. And he's like, yo, but if you're good, um, he's like, yo, come like come back, like we'll get the shot. I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm already there. I'm already already there. I'm the man. I'm the man who's been showing off. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm in there throwing the fuck. Like, what you mean? I'm good. Nah, nah. Give me those shots. Yeah, that that would be the time. You, say, that was that would be the time. You that was definitely my, 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 oh, my yeah, yeah. Not a memorable moment. So right. as you as you talk about like your catalog, uh, Cool J, um, yeah. we, I think it's very uh, similar yeah, I, to I've everybody artists. except for Big J, obviously because they passed, and Eminem, but everybody else I interviewed. Right. So, so similar to, I think the, 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 the artistry, like in music, you know, you have this catalog of, of, uh, of, of work, right. Um, are there bodies of work that you, um, that you've collected or you've done where you didn't put it out yet? You know, it's like making that album of like 20 songs, but you know, only 14 are going to make the cut. Like what piece, what piece of work have you done that you feel like, Ah, it's, you know, we're not ready for it yet, or I'm not ready for it to be out. Like, what can you tell us about that? I don't really have one per se because you know I'm like I'm working on contract for companies, so it's like this shit gotta come out. Yeah, but I'll get. But I'll say with two, like one, um, when I worked at MTV, we did the hottest MCs roundtable, mm-hmm. and um, oh yeah, I, remember. I keep I keep telling Shaheem, man, like we did one that never came out. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of controversy behind it. We recorded it. Mm-hmm. and filmed it but it never came out and um we don't have the footage so it didn't have come out but i'm like shah i'm like we should do a story about this about why it didn't come out whatever so that that's probably one and then um the other i don't know it's probably like book, book projects that i want to do like i've been saying for years i want to do this project on the year 1997 where i've like collected like some info here or there yeah um that i have it but um you know i i, I keep going back and forth where i'm like do i want to do a book do i want to make it this or make it that i think eventually i'll probably end up making it like a podcast the 1997 podcast mm. um but th- that's probably like the closest thing to it okay um no so- but my thing is more about, uh, since you are a cultural critic, I'm just going to ask about some things that are happening in hip hop and in general in the culture in terms of just getting yeah. your opinion on them. Uh, like, right. like, like versus, uh, what is your opinion on versus? Mm-hmm. I think versus is dope. I think versus is super dope. I, I, the, the, I, so this is the thing. So we, I'll take it through my sphere to, to what they're doing. So we, when there was like the big three again, like five double X, you know, we were gatekeepers at the time. And that 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 era has long gone, and so our role is more like curator now. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I, and that's what Versus is doing. And I think the best example they did is when they did the one, the Memorial Day one, where they had uh, Bounty Killer and, and, and Beanie Man perfectly, like on some New York shit Memorial Day. Uh, those two, like uh, um, Sound Classics, it was curated perfectly um and you know i i I think i'd I'd like to see them have it a bit more consistent i think now that i think they're using their success as the barometer um and that's why they're being a little pickier rather than kind of just letting it go again like they're new so that idea of taking an l affects them more than not but you know like they parked three six mafia and, and bone um uh, because they were going to do it on their own and they parked them and was like, yo, we're going to do it as a versus. And that ship's been sidelined for like a month and a half, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd like well, them to have a bit more um, 
a bit more, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say, um, metabolism with it and, and, and kind of be faster. Nice. But otherwise, I think shit is dope, man. Right. I, I, I personally, I like the Jonathan Austin and Neil one the best. Yeah, that's what I said the same thing. That was the best yeah. one so far. Because right. I like to hear the, the, the writers be having the best ones, man. Yeah. Versus the, just the artists or so. So what about yeah. uh, Nikki and uh, Takashi? Trolls. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, so funny with that. So I, I got a good Takashi story where. Uh, oh, God. Is there any I good Takashi stories? I, I almost got into it with Shadi. Um, oh, like Shadi was trying to like set it on me. Shadi was his former manager who got locked up, but we were going to do a piece with Little Yachty at Vivo. And it was just kind of like pizza party idea. We were in the Lower East Side. And we're like, you know, invite kind of some different like associates that you have. And we'll do this piece where we're interviewing you, but through the lens of seeing who you are as part of like, you know, kind of this like a, a crew of affiliates. And um, uh, he had invited a couple of people. One was going to be like Coach K. One was going to be somebody else. And uh, this, this wasn't a piece that I pitched, but, um, you know, I'm a hip-hop dude, so it's like, I, you know, I got assigned to me, so I'm going to do it. And then it got to a point where they found out that um, he invited Takashi, and uh, my boss and some other people were unhappy about that. And this is, when, this is pre him really, like, um, getting notorious, but he still had that reputation for that uh, case he caught um, with the underage girl. Right. Uh, so um, then at that point, they're like, yo, Jay, can you hit Coach K? We got it like that. This sort of, you know, previous to that, they didn't, I, was, I wasn't a part of it. But then when shit's a fan, it's like, can you hit Coach K? Like, did it. So like, I hit Coach, but I can't get through it to him in enough time. And then, um, you know, Lower East Side, it's literally the Lower East Side of Manhattan. It's right there at the Brooklyn Bridge and Manhattan Bridge. So like, Takashi came over from Brooklyn like super fast. And so he was there. And he shows up, he has his hoodie on. And so, like, you can't see the rainbow hair. A lot of his tattoos are covered up. And, you know, he's just like a young kid. He looked like any young kid from the Lower East Side. And so, he, at this point, he gets word that, like, he can't be a part of the shit. And um, I actually was really impressed with him because he articulated his disappointment in the decision. And he was like, yo, but this is not about me. It's about Yadi, and I'm not going to fuck up his look or whatever, but I disagree with your decision. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, super impressed with him relaying this and I'm like yo I get it but I'm like you're behind the eight ball and you have to work to overcome that so the way you feel is honest and you should feel that way but you're gonna have to work to overcome this mm -hmm. and so you know it kind of ended like like that and then like shoddy comes through and he's like yo who the fuck is doing shit or whatever whatever and um and this situation was like I gotta be the face of shit because I, I can't let my coworkers be the face of shit because like get punched in the face and so <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, uh, like, I'm like, yo, like we can't do this shit or whatever, whatever. We're going back and forth, and then it's so weird because I said, I, I, I said, like, fam to him. I forget the context, but I was like, yo, fam, whatever. And he's like, yo, fam, that literally set him off. Mm. And then um, it was almost like the Matt Barnes Kobe shit. Like he lunged at me, and uh, and I'm just there, like, and I don't move, and, and I'm like, in my eyes, I'm like, all right, if you punch me in the face, like you're not gonna beat me up. There's too many people back here, like, right. And so, like, I'll catch it. Oh, but, like, I'm not going to get beat up. And right. so, oh, yeah. but, but later, I didn't know, like, the whole backstory, like, the bloods and all that other shit, yeah. like, shooting that motherfuckers, whatever. But, um, you know, anyway, I say I have to say, like, you know, they were incendiary, right? I mean, and he still is, right? And so it's 
like perfect for what he is, like uh, uh, Goomba and like trolls and all that. So perfect. Like with Nikki, I don't quite understand it. Like I don't think Nikki has alienated herself to the degree where she has to align with them. Right. Yeah. Um, I think she feels like she's this victim and all this stuff. But a lot of stuff is self inflicted. But I don't think she's in the depths of that where she kind of has to be like, yo, the only alliance I have is with Takashi. Right. And um. It's funny. I talked. To, I wrote this piece for NBC News like a, a year and a half ago, where it was about Nikki and Cardi, and they really wanted me to like do this piece that was like, um, you know, some of the notes and the pitches. It made me a little uncomfortable, and I was like, "Look, I'm not gonna like knock Nikki and, and like a pedestal Cardi. Like, you know, th- there's there's decisions that they're making, but there's also things that just aren't happening." They are just like the, the the what happens from being the new artist, which is Cardi, who's going to get the benefit of the doubt, and what Nikki's going to get uh, from the expectations of what she, who she's going to get compared to because she's number one. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And so, like I, I said, it say like with Nikki, like you know, it's it, it a lot of it is unfair. Like there, we treat this a combination of the professional scope and the personal fandom. They treat this in this position where for women, there's kind of only room for one. Right. 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 Um, and we treat it like one king, where it's like, you hear me talking about like hip hop and who's our top three. And it's like, there's enough room for Drake, J. Cole, and Kendrick. Right. right? right. But for women, we treat it like, yo, there's only one seat. And so with Nikki, like, you know, in parts, she is a victim of stuff and perspective and how we do stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but she has also uh, made some mistakes. And so right now, like with trolls, like, I, you know, I don't see the, payoff for kind of aligning herself with him and i don't necessarily see her having that need where it's like yo my back is against the wall this is the only allegiance i have like you know there's probably a lot more that we don't know about in terms of her relationship with drake and 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 wayne but it's not it's not i I do know it's not irreparable um so you know she's not in the position where she needs to be to do this but I, i think she you know she feels embattled for her own reasons and so I, I guess i can't disagree with that but right all right, all right. uh well i guess another another thing like what are your thoughts on or 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 your opinions on the netflix special the um evolution of hip-hop um i haven't watched it yet and i should um you haven't watched any of them oh, no I, t- I, t- but I can tell you why and my homegirl uh anel is uh one of the booking pr- producers of it um I, so in terms of like hip hop stories, like I'm just, uh, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, let me take you back to the beginning of the Bronx. Like there's a certain like storytelling device to some of these things that like, I'm just like, yo, I can't, I can't stomach to watch it. it. Um, Hmm. this is like a professional where I'm just like, yo, like I could do way better than this. Huh. Um, you know, I know it's, I know it's evolved now where it's like season three or whatever. And it's, it's, it's probably different than from season one when, when I had that initial feeling. Yeah. Um, um, and so, you know, my, my, my best answer is probably to be like, yo, TBD, like I just haven't gotten into it because of this, but that there is like experiences where I have where it's like, I think it was like two years ago where there were like four different like Biggie and Tupac shows. Like there was one on A&E, one on USA, BET did one or whatever. It's perfect. They get irritating where you're like, yeah. Yo. and then Slate did a podcast. They, they did a season three of Slow Burn was about, yep. about oh, it. And just kind of just like, yo, like these, these are um, like, you just can't keep spinning the wheels on the same thing. And especially when it's like, I know shit that's just different. Like, like, yeah. like, 
I like I, I, I like little C's is a good friend of mine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, I know shit is different. Like Andre Harrell, rest in peace. Like I've no shit from him that he told me that's just not not there. And it's not that they. It's not this shit where it's like yo, we'll never say this. It's just the the story gathering of it ends up being so like rote where it's like yo, let's just go back to like. And, and a lot of it ends up being like journalism devices where it's like it's the same. Like you know, we have to make sure we get this. Where it's like we're now in an era where there's a certain uh, portion of story that like you just don't have to hand feed to people because they can just find it themselves. Right, so instead, you. like yeah. let's let's trust their instincts, let's trust their intelligence, and move forward. But like I mean, it just even shit where it's like um, like the locks, right? When the when the locks left uh, 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 the Peterson yeah, Museum. Um, it's like they were supposed to roll with Biggie, right? They were all supposed to go together, but there was a party that Andre Harrell was doing, and Biggie had to go to that party first because Andre was, you know, he was president of Bad Boy at the time. And so, like, the, the party they were going to go to afterwards, Biggie's like, Yo, y'all go there first. I'm going to go touch this Andre Harrell joint, and then I'll meet y'all. And so that's why the locks went ahead, and they weren't part of that uh, um, uh, uh, um carpool would have kind of like went through like just shit like that it's just like different and it's not out there or and, and you know kind of gets frustrating where it's like you know this shit that like people who care about the shit like i do either as a professional or as a fan like you want to know especially like what with all of us and kind of like the generation we come through where it's like you don't want to hear the same shit it's been 20 25 years i don't yeah. hear the same shit all over and over again so you know what some of those That's like hip-hop crazy. productions it's like yo i don't want to hear like Back in 1978, Cool Herc did this or whatever, and it's yeah. like, yo, mad respect to all of them. But it, at this at this point, like, it like the culture is so huge, it's so booming. There's so many different stories now. I don't want to hear that. And I think sometimes it, companies are in such a rush to be like, and let's tell the story about hip hop in London and Southeast Asia when it's like, yo, you don't even fucking hit Atlanta properly yet, or yeah. you don't even hit all like. Right. But see, I think um, I think with the evolution of hip hop, because that's what I was expecting from it. That's why it took me a long time to even watch it because it's like how many hip hop. Uh, documentaries can you really yeah. watch, right? Yeah. So different. But I think with the evolution of hip-hop, they took you through so many different angles of it uh, and talked to so many different people that you really didn't even really, you weren't, you wouldn't pay attention to in your, in yeah. your natural hip-hop life. Like, yeah. they actually talked to different people. So it was like a different, it was kind of like, they kind of took it a different angle than yeah. what your regular, what you normally yeah. would expect from. The, the, I mean, and they're, they're hard, man. Like, I, I was a producer on the Bad Boy documentary and that, I mean, they're, they're I, I can tell you there was two different versions of what were competing for what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And the version that came out on Apple music is not even one of those two. Like it's just, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're hard, man. Like there's just a lot of feelings. It's hard to like pull things together, like the competing interests, like, yeah, all, all those are hard. So like a huge admiration for just pulling it off. But um, mm-hmm. it's, it's more so it's, it's, it's probably me more so than none, but I haven't checked it out yet. Right. I haven't saved, but I just check haven't. Check it out. I want you to check it out and then let me know what you think. Yeah. <laughs> can I start from the beginning or start from a newer season? Um, you can start, start from the beginning. Yeah. Because I think, I think there is some, some, not even, not even growth, but I think he tried, they, well, they tried to, to grab a lot of different things and try yeah. a lot of different angles. And just as a, even if I may know this stuff is like, and, and it brings back like good memories, maybe sometimes like, oh yeah, 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 I remember that kind of stuff. He does a solid job, and I think he tries to get as many different angles as possible. I yeah, think yeah. That, that because people, I think that he one, that one, the same that way. one comedian is a part of it. Uh, what's his name? It's a uh, Indian com- uh, comedian from uh, Canada. Uh, oh, I forget his name. 
I saw him open up for Chris Rock, uh, but it, he his his, his company is involved in it somehow. Oh, okay. But I think it's almost like they took the angle that you you were speaking of, like because they got tired of kind of like looking at the same shit, like. And he, he so tried to go, yeah, he tried to, he, yeah, he tried to take it a little, a little different angle. <laughs> so yeah, so I gotta check it out then. I'm behind. I, I, I'll check it out. I'm gonna take your word for it and check it out. Yeah, check it out. Let me know. Hey Jay, how do you um, the whole this whole interview you've been referencing back to like sports. How do you incorporate like your love of sports and your love of hip hop? How do you all you always seem to make that incorporation and that connection? Do you feel like that has helped you like? What is, what is the sports connection with you? Yeah, um, I, th- I think with sports, I, I think, um, well, for example, the, the, it's easy to use sports, for example, because in in sort of like American culture, it's this uh, training ground that a lot of us know, right? You learn teamwork, um, yeah. how to move beyond yourself and, 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 and share the ball, right? Like an egalitarian offense and, and all these right. things, and, you know kind of these like values. And so I, I, that's why I think it's very prime for like examples. I use it a lot when I speak. Um, and I use it to, like when I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, what's your favorite sport? All right, boom, here's the example. Um, <laughs> okay. But, I, but you know, I mean, the obvious easy thing is just like the competitive nature of it, right? Like right. They're, they're, even now, like uh, Rob, to go back to you, like talking about like some of like the current like uh, things that are happening in terms of like critique, like, you know, hip hop isn't in this stage now where lyricism is the primary currency right, like, that absolutely. used to be. Right. Uh, but that still doesn't mean that with that uh, being de-emphasized that the competition aspect of it has waned, right? And so, you know, that I think that's the greatest like one-to-one thing of like hip hop and sports um, that can you can use. And I think a lot of times like uh, um, the failing is like there's not sort of like the like like uh, uh, win loss record or the championship registered like sports that you like at the end of the NBA season you know who's a champion mm-hmm. uh, you know what's with with, with uh, versus or like uh, uh, Drake versus Meek Mill or whoever like you know that that it ends up becoming that fodder for barbershop to debate that can end up being like endless right right, right. Um, but I, but I just think that there's such a natural affinity because of that competitiveness that like another genre doesn't have rock doesn't have it um pop music certainly doesn't have it um country doesn't have it and you know for hip-hop and what that is and i think the aspect of like the verbal jousting of it is is very similar to kind of the one-on-one with basketball or like yo this picture like i'm about to drive this shit out the park like i think i think a lot of that is a connection and for me in my work i like i mean there's i, I use it as references when i write Right. Yeah. Like, I, I remember I had this line a long time ago where I said uh, I was writing about LeBron James and I said something. It was like LeBron James. I don't know if it was like Lance Stevenson or something, but I was like, yo, like LeBron James has money stacks bigger than you. And it was an easy like crossover reference of like basketball to mm-hmm. like whatever. Um, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to like utilize it. Like I've, I've had. um <laughs> like I, I, I interviewed. I, like to the, I interviewed to be like the editor in chief of Bleacher uh, Bleacher Report, where I had like three different meetings. I had like fourteen different meetings with ESPN across three different states that that, that kind of fell through at the end, uh, where I would have had like a, a like prime space to like really do it. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of like a TBD. And then like, and then there's like, a lot of in the DNA of it, but I, I haven't been able to kind of like apply it. Yet. I, I have stuff written, and one of my like things that. Uh, through my company and partnering with this production company, uh, you know, I, I think I may be able to pull off, but it's still kind of TBD. 
Like, I, I know, like, we, we've known each other for so long, and we've always used the, the analogies of sports to talk about pretty much everything. So it's, it's always interesting to hear you talk. When I hear you doing interviews with other people and things like that, you always revert Always your sports shit. Because sports is like the great American – like thing, I think too. Also, like the older I get, it's like, again, like I used to be like a hip hop journalist, right? And and you know, become a, a independent producer through my company. But like, and cultural critic has come when you get older, when you just you're able to see the the, the board from a better angle, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And and yeah. a lot of the things that I, I like to talk about is like I, I'm really big in talking about the idea of like the American dream. And so I, this Jeezy interview I did for Vivo, I like it a lot because we were talking about this. And, you know, I say something to Jeezy where I'm like, you know, the American dream is a lot browner than the population gives it credit for, right? Like, we still have this idea of, like, the Ken doll, uh, uh, the white picket fence or whatever. But it's like, you know, like, if, looking at all of us, like, yo, we have wives and houses and cribs and college degrees. And, and, and mm-hmm. none of us look like Ken doll. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Um, and, 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 you know, when we look back of stories where you think about, like, what happened in this country, like, this shit isn't, like... It's it's the example I've given lately is like my, it's it's only my dad right I can reach back to my dad who was young enough in his lifetime where he was living in Puerto Rico at a time where flying the Puerto Rican flag in Puerto Rico was illegal mm. because of U.S. occupation right like um, that's that's not that's not that, that, I don't have to reach back that far right like I just go like this yeah. and I hit it you know what I mean it's just easy and so I, yeah. in, in my roles as a cultural critic I, I kind of like to talk about like this aspect of like what what it means to be American and how it's changing and, and, and sort of like if you listen to your ideas and the definition of it, like what it means in actuality. And so I, I use sports a lot because sports is kind of like the great American see-through, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's that thing. It's, it's, you know, a lot of people say they love music, um, but it's not the idea of like, like sports is big, big, big business. Like, you know, uh, um, I mean, you know, you know, there's, there's people who like suck at ball who make 17 million a year. It's big, big business that everybody knows. <laughs> and right. so that, that's why I find it particularly useful to use sport a lot of time. When I use it as examples, I'm using it because I'm trying to make a bigger, larger. I'm yeah. Well, and then if you think about it, like when you listen to, to music, when you listen to music, they always reference sports in the in the music anyway. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's just there, there's so many there's so many different genres of music. But there's only one basketball. Like there's college right. basketball, high school basketball, and professional. But it's really right. they play all the same way. Where that country yeah. guy is playing the guitar different than the rockerwood, different yeah. than the R&B band guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's different genres. Yeah. So I think and 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 and, and so it's like, um, you know, like uh, uh, Illinois, like winning the Big Ten conference becomes like national news. Little Uzi Vert debuting at number five on the Billboard charts. That's not national news, right? right? So right. it's like. Sports just has a bigger microphone on it, so it's a bigger uh, um, megaphone attached to it. So that's why I like to use it in terms mm-hmm. of like my critiques. And, and it's like, and I say this too, like Lou and I had kind of had like this pre-discussion about things uh, a week ago or two, where you know he made this comment, it, especially like in the environment now, what's happening with like this like referendum uh, 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 against like police brutality and like what's happening with like black people in this country. And Lou was like, "Yo, I always felt like like I didn't have the views like separate to anything. Like you, you." you always felt like you were a part of it. And, and, but that's particularly why I like to use like sport as a metaphor for this, right? Cause it's not, it's nothing clear to use for shit when you're critiquing and pointing at the parts of America. And, and when you think about the ideals of sports and togetherness and, and, and I want to say like unity on some shit, like all lives matter shit, but it's just a fundamental underlying shit where it's like, this is the way it's supposed to be. And you see how it works or mm-hmm. this is the way shit is not working over here. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now you mentioned your 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 company uh, a couple of times, but did you say the name of the company or? No, no, Smarty Art. Smarty Art. Okay. Smarty Art. I don't know if the name helps me with anything, but it's Smarty Art. <laughs> it's um, it's this idea of uh, uh, you know, it's 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 part like intelligent content, but also like um, assholeish, okay. right? Like okay. Smarty Art, motherfucker. Um, it it, it I, I created it because uh, years ago my man was working at Nike and we went to this uh, Nike ID event and we got a pass to like break all the rules to make our own Nikes. And picking any like material and this and that, whatever, because these have like constrictions of how you can make your own sneaker. This shit lifted everything, and um, people were like, "I'm gonna put my name on my sneaker." And I'm like, "Fuck that! I'm not gonna put my fucking name on the sneaker." <laughs> and um, I was like, "Damn, I need a name! I need a name!" And somehow, just Smarty Art popped into my head, and I put it on okay. my sneaker. I still have them. And then um, I was like, "Yo, that's gonna be my company." And then, like three years ago, I like paid a designer to create a logo, and then. Um, it's kind of just been this like empty vessel for a long time. Uh, me trying to find definition, mm-hmm. but I like in the last like year and a half, it's been like, all right, this is what it is. It's a, it's a, we're a development uh, company. Right. Nice. Well, now here's, oh. a, here's an interesting question uh, real quick. Now, if I'm a, uh, a hip hop fan that is a um, young kids get off my lawn type of hip hop fan, what are the three mm-hmm. artists today that, oh, that, you, that, that you would recommend that's for, a great for somebody hey. like, like if I was that kind of per- right, I'm, I'm yeah. not. But if I am, because I shout out to the baby, <laughs> <laughs> baby's dope. I like the baby a lot. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a good. You're kind of not ish, if I remember from when you was at my crib. Um, uh, <laughs> now I, I, I'll say, um, I think Polo G is really dope. Okay. Um, kid out of Chicago, he just dropped his uh, second album maybe like a month ago. I think it was really dope. He signed to Columbia. Um, um, I, I think he is able, he's, a, he's not necessarily, he kind of has that like evocative, emotional pain thing that SoundCloud rappers have, but he's yeah. not necessarily a SoundCloud rapper. Um, not necessarily, he has some remnants of like drill, like Chicago shit. He's from Chicago, but I, I think Polo G is like really, really dope, talented kid. One of my young favorite, uh, rappers, um, uh, who else? It dropped um, the last month, didn't it? Yeah, about a month ago. Yeah, I think Fabio Foreign is dope. He has an EP to just drop. Um, I think with like Brooklyn drill shit, like um, yeah, like all of his shit, of, but it's popping. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, th- I think I think he's a little bit different. Um, I, I, it's funny because it's like with that scene, it, it's really like Pop Smoke, uh, yeah. Chef G, and right. uh, Fabio Foreign. Um, Pop Smoke had like a really arresting voice, but right. but. Uh, some of his rhymes could really be cringeworthy. Like, yeah. he's still mm-hmm. really like learning how to rap. Um, I, I, but I think this Fabio Foreign EP is is is, is pretty dope. I like it a lot. Um, who else? Uh, I, yeah, I'd say Fabio Foreign. Just just to check in what's on, going on with New York. Um, Polo G, young talented rapper. Uh, who else? Uh, Little Uzi verse not young, but he has my favorite album of the year so far. Yeah. Um, is there is there a king of New York right now in hip hop? Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right? It's like yeah. I, I I think that's also like a stale conversation. Like the, the the king of New York mattered because the king of New York used to also be the king of the game. Where right. Right. that's not like the, like the, the bullseye doesn't fall on New York's shoulders. So it's like if you complex of this story like. 
three weeks ago who's king of new york and i was i glowed my eyes i was like why and you know and and i mean it's 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 cardi it's really cardi um, right. but don't but, but the, the populace would just never acknowledge that and want to kind of give that to a woman but there's nobody who's like hotter who's doing it like really like the, the pop smoke had really had like an underground kind of like burgeoning um, like movement and i love seeing like christian dior and welcome to the party being used as protest music it's, it's kind of like a surprising uh choice it's used especially when a lot of people are like yo we need new kendrick and this and that and i, I kind of liked how like kendrick was used two and three and four years ago but like pop songs being used now i you know i kind of it speaks to the difference of time where it's like there's more of a demand for equality rather than an announcement of it yeah, and so yeah. i think the aggression of pop smoke yeah, um, is a nice compliment that like it's totally that, stuff like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah i think that's pretty dope i, I think my my i think the artist i'm listening to into because i am not the only alone oh you know it's a good one artist. too boldy james boldy james would be a good one but i like sleepy hollow um, Sleepy, yeah, Bodie James did a, did a did an album with uh, Alchemist. Um, I, th- I think it's got like a good one. Um, what do you say? What you think about Roddy Rich? Yeah, yeah or nay? Yeah, I mean he's out of here at this point. I, I hope I hope he gets nominated for Best New Artist. Yeah. They just changed the Grammy nomination and in, 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 in rules, and um, it's kind of bullshit. But I hope it becomes bullshit that helps benefit him. But right, right. yeah, Roddy's out of here. Yeah, Roddy, I know that Roddy Rich was the first artist. That my son told me about, and you told me about. So I, <laughs> that kind of like generational gap was was, yeah. uh, was actually know, formed, and I was yeah. like, yeah, he and he is kind of dope. So I like, Yo, yeah, you know, for a long time, like because you know, um, with Josh, like he he into to rap and shit, right? right? And so he used to always like play these weird artists to me. Well, I would consider them weird because they wasn't my Jay Z, you know, my Pac and Biggie shit, right? right. And get so, off my lawn, yo. Yo, get but that's the thing. Hey, like, yo. for a long time, I was hating on these artists. And then I'm like, yo, you know what? I'm not hating on them because some of them were actually dope. And then another thing was, like, we had some dumbass artists that sounded yeah. stupid back we then. We had dumbass artists, too. We've, we've covered uh, quite a bit. Um, I, I, think, I think I had another question. I don't remember what it was now, though. No. Well, one that I, one that I had to, as as that that uh you, you touched on a little bit when you talked about you know, just kind of your journey and, and companies that you've uh, entertained or interviewed at. Um, one that was um, near and dear to you and that I really, uh, really felt the momentum behind it that I don't think has um, come to fruition yet was your idea that you pitched to um, ESPN. Um, you know, are you still... Um, are you still, even though that, even though that you pitched it or had the idea to pitch, um, oh, yeah. the idea to them, uh, right, right. Oh, well, no, I'm still gonna, um, I'm still gonna use that. I'm still, I'm okay. still working on developing I, I, that. Yeah, I, I didn't want to, like, I didn't really know how to, like, touch on it exactly without, you know, yeah. giving out your idea. But yeah. it was, it's one that I know that, um, I felt like will be super impactful. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and will be around for years to come. I mean, it, it kind of gave me the, the feeling when I started watching uh, Last Dance um, yeah. um, through ESPN that I felt yeah. like, uh, you know, was, you know, would be that kind of up close and personal um, interview. So, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. So it's, 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 part, it's funny, man. Like you, so like I've had like really 
good jobs and worked at really dope companies. Like I, like I worked at MTV News and like I was impactful at MTV. Like I went to Michael Jackson's funeral and I was like the only person on MTV there, right? Like mm, I worked at yeah. XXL. I, I had a big hand in like a freshman list. I worked at Vibe. Um, You've had to cancel spring break with the fellas to cover stories. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Me, me Dev, and Mid-Ike were supposed to go to a spring break and I couldn't because I had to go to Summer Jam. And um, yeah. I think that might have been the summer jam that like Kanye and Swiss Beats were battling, which was kind of mm-hmm. like the precursor to verses. Um, but um, it, it, and and I, I'm appreciative of all those jobs. And recently, I was I had a meeting with a company, and I was talking, and they were asking me something about uh, my like like off hip hop like experience. And I made this comment like, you know, if I had all the jobs that like I got close to, if, if I closed on them, it, my resume would look different. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting because it's like you, so I've had like serious conversations with ESPN, Bleacher Report and Complex. And those are the three that like I didn't uh, get for circumstances that uh, some were out of my control and some were just like happenstance to, to machinations that went on internally that, that I, there was nothing I could have done. But, you know, you get so deep into them and, you, and, and you're moving on from round to round to round mm-hmm. that you just, for me, I, I get armed with ideas, right? And, I, 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 you know, it's just a result of going through this experience where it's like, yo, these were really good ideas and I don't want to give them up. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to just like drop it and be like, all right, yeah, that was a good idea. It didn't work, whatever. I'm like, damn, right. this was dope. And yeah. I think, like, for me, like, the number one rule I always like to say, like, to take it back to when I was talking about, like, managers, when it's like, don't be the manager that you disliked, right? Like, it's also, it's like, for me as a, as a creator and as, and as a producer, like, I don't want to forget who I am as a consumer, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, I read a lot of shit, like, like, look, this is my table right next to me. I do, like, one look, and it's like, there's, like, 12 different magazines, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, like, a huge... And that's like 12 magazines of like 40, right? Like I'm just a huge uh, consumer. I forgot, I forgot I even had the Kobe anniversary. Uh, um, well, yeah, I got that, I, I'm, just a, I'm just a huge consumer of content, man. Like mm-hmm. yeah. reading and writing and, 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 and watching different things and listening to different podcasts. And, you know, th- there's, there's things that, that I get excited about. It's like, you know, storytelling devices and techniques and coverage and, different things and and even when like certain places do stories and I'm like nah but you didn't get it like this is what we remember about it um that I just don't want to like let go where I'm like damn this is a really good pitch and I'm like yo I gotta figure out a way and 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 I went through this experience so I've like danced with ESPN twice and my second time dancing with them it was like I met with them in, in New York LA. I went to Bristol to the campus. Like they invited me and my wife up there. They they they, they pointed to different like communities to live at. They were like, "Yo, look at places to live at." Like I was in deep, and um, yeah, I just had this like this idea that I thought was just really like sterling, and it fell through. And so then I'm like reverting back to like music journalism. So I can't I couldn't place this idea anywhere, right? But I'm like, man, this is really good. So, uh, you know, as of recently, like, I, I started developing that idea because I'm like, yo, I, I know enough people I can take this somewhere. It's just, it's just, it's just really good. And, and kind of like the point back to you, Lou, like, it's a sports thing where it's like, it's, it's a sports story that I can take somewhere where it's like, you know, like I've, 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 a, I've studied journalism. I know storytelling. It doesn't matter if it's sports or music or this or that, like, 
I, I know all the techniques of it. I'm just going to put it together. Now that the, you know, the skill that I'm trying to acquire is, you know, moving on my own and taking it um, and, and delivering it. Cause it's, it's, I, places always need stuff that, you know, internally they might have hiccups because of the, like, we've always done it this way, but they won't know they haven't done it that way until it gets presented as a, as a new way. And I think oftentimes that comes from outside, not inside. So right. that's kind of like new steps. Yeah. yeah. So, but, the, but to, you know, long and like short, like dev, like it's still coming like that. I'm, I'm good. So, good. I'm they're, not, so they're, not set, they're not set back. They're set up for something bigger and better. Right. There you go. Yeah. There. Yeah. I, and, and then, you, you know, it's like you, you, I used to get comfortable with like eating L's man. Like, it's it's um I, I I I the 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 complex experience that I had like it it so you know I've always wanted to be an editor in chief and the idea of being an editor in chief it just changed so much because again there's not these magazines and so it it, it changed in different where it's like you know the a successful media company is now more than writing it's like writing and branded content and video and and and, and it's off platform and it's emerging platform and, and it's this and that or whatever. And, you know, I went through this, this, this situation with complex where, you know, and I got hired, right? Like they hired me to be their GM and, you know, they pulled the offer, but I view it as like, that was their decision, but like right. me getting it, it affirmed what I needed. Right. right. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I just come to this point in my life where it's, it's, I realized like, you know, like wins wins just tell you what you already knew about yourself right like losses tell you about the portion of yourself that you didn't know you needed to grow right, right? and so like i just i, I you know and to go back to like what i was mentioning with like the way that like l's used to like sting earlier he's like damn i took this l yeah and at the time like you think it means so much mm-hmm. but it, it it doesn't mean what you think it does it's not the setback it's 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 just information of like what you didn't know you needed to grow. Right. So it's like right. now, if I, you know, I catch an L and I'm like, all right, cool. Like I didn't see that. Now, yeah. now I see like, this is what I need to like, you know, pack it up and like learn more and, and, and figure more. out like what opportunity yeah. I have. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, man, I think, I think it's interesting when you can just like grow older, but like keep a young mind. Like I, I, I always say yeah. like, what I do at 40 now is not that different than 14, right? Like when I was 14, mm-hmm. man, it was like come home from school, like listen to rap and, and, and basketball, right? And it's like mm-hmm. the same thing now where it's like, yeah. you know, like you, like Dev, like we, you know, we have these Sixers season tickets, Rob, like, you know, it's like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. super in the, in, the, in the hoop and hip hop, right? And and it's, yeah. it's you know, just pre-naturally the way where it's like I'm checking out Embiid and Ben Simmons. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. naturally checking out like Quando Rondo and – um, you know, Chef G, right? Like, I'm not going to be like, yo, you know, we have barbecue. Like, yo, let's put on that Mob Deep infamous album. Like, <laughs> and I, I, I always say this, like, like uh, my man KP, KP, in, in my eyes, he's like the greatest hip-hop A&R of all time. He uh, he signed T.I., he A&R Confessions. Uh, he works for Pharrell now with I Am Other. And, like, me and KP have this conversation where we're always like, yo, like old music, if, we, if we're in the right places, old music will find. If I go to the right barbecue, Illmatic will find me. I, I don't have to seek it out and play it. <laughs> so instead, I can just use my, my my energy to like keep up with new, new, new. The old shit will come to me, right? If, if I'm going to the right shit, I have all plenty of opportunities to electric slide, plenty of opportunities to do the wobble. <laughs> like I'll be straight there, but like 
I just have to keep up like new, 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 new. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. so is that your opinion on like on like Griselda, West Side Gun, all, all that, all that? You know, it's funny. Griselda is like Russell Westbrook, right? Like everybody's shooting threes, and it's like what Russell Westbrook is still successful shooting like pull up twos and doing that. But he's also an exception to the rule, right? And so it's like I, I got into this back and forth with like a really good friend of mine, uh, Alvin Blanco, uh, on Twitter where he's like, yo, you know, like, there's Griselda. And I'm like, yeah, but they're the one, right? Like, they're, they're just the one. And I always keep it, like, 100 with them. Like, I like Benny a lot, but, like, and, and Conway is dope, too. But, like, you know, um, like, they're more flashes of verses than projects. I think Benny puts really good projects together. I like Benny's project. Um, Conway has, like, really good uh, verses. Um, uh Fuck, why can't I think of a uh, homeboy, the third dude who started the whole shit? Um, help me out. Um, that was the West Side Gun, right? What's that? What's yeah, West Side Gun. Yeah. It's like West Side Gun. It's like, you know, like Hitler wears Hermes. Like, ah, th- like they're okay. Like, he's cool. <laughs> but like, a- again, like, I- and I love the movement and everything they're doing, but they're also, they're very much the exception to the rule, right? right. Like, they're, they're, there's going to, there's not going to be three Griseldas and four Griseldas. They're going to be like a lot more like, Polo G's, little TJ's, um, uh, uh, and just like all along like that line. Like, it, I mean, it's just tilting to where it is. Like, the, just the, the currency of lyricism is just not the thing right now. And um, do you think that will maybe, maybe not? Like, you know, shit, shit. I, it, it's, it's tough because it's like that, you know, historically, that's like the tradition of like New York, right? And, and, and that's why I fell in love with hip hop. Like, I'm a writer. I like words. I love decoding shit. Like, that's why, like, Jay Z is so fascinating to me. Biggie's so fascinating to me. Like, I, and I think maybe that's probably like why I like the little Uzi Vert album because he's like so of the like new sound, but like Uzi, especially on like um, Eternal Take, like, he's fucking, he's spitting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's it's super unfortunate like Juice World is going like Juice World had that ability too like Juice World could do all that like the press shit move from moves and vibes and sounds but like Juice World could freestyle and spit and you know I I don't I don't think you I don't think that has to be your main function but like with any basketball player like you could say like oh it's about layups and three pointers but when the playoff comes like Jalen Rose says like like yo they're they're game planning against shit so you just gotta get buckets yeah, and sometimes it's a fucking two, and that's what Kawhi Leonard does. Right. And you know, having that ability to spit, sometimes it just matters. Sometimes it's gonna, sometimes you may get attacked by a peer, and you're gonna have to fucking spit. Right. And mm-hmm. you or you can end up it. like, um, who? What, what's the boy name? That, the uh, designer when he did the uh, the freestyle on the Funk Flex. Uh, Timmy Turner. Oh, no, nah, it wasn't in the Timmy Turner joint. He did some other shit that was just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> It was yeah. bad. Like you're not a you're not a rap. Like you can't you yeah. can you're not a freestyler. Let me put it that way. Yeah. But you got to be prepared when you you know you're going on somewhere yeah. that you really had to spit. Like right, like, right. Or, or just just don't do it. Like don't spit. Right. or just thing. say no. Like, that ain't my thing. You don't, like, have, you don't have to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he could do the interview, but just don't. You can just say no. Nah, we ain't doing a freestyle. Yeah. Like. Hey Jay, what's the what like you said? Uh, lyrics used to be the currency, and it's not yeah, the actual. What's the what's the what's the, the currency, currency now? Yeah, yeah. What, what's the biggest currency I mean, now in hip hop? I guess vibe, vibe, and and moodiness of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot even, of remnants. Not even it's a lot of remnants of like SoundCloud rap. No, it's yeah. like, production plays a part in it, but it's like you know it's production meeting like, and I think you see that reflected in like what the Grammys are trying to do. 
when they renamed Best Rap Song Collaboration into Best Rap Song, Best Melodic Performance. And so, you know, they're trying to stay on par. But, like, you know, that that category, it's funny because I just did a, a, a live interview on that like three days ago. But it's like Best Rap Song Performance, it was very clear. You got what it was. The It didn't need to be renamed. It needed to be nominated better, right? And um, I think them changing it to Best uh, Melodic Performance is like, on one hand it's like all right cool it's kind of in the idea of now but it's so cosmetic and and mm-hmm. i said so i'm somebody who like if you follow me on twitter right here uh oops, <laughs> if you follow me on twitter like i'm i'm super I, like I, i'm 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 very hard on the grammys man like i i, I get I rail against the Grammys almost any time they release information because uh, I, I, they're just so robotic and they just don't yeah. operate like a group that cares about music and they and they and they 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 operate under this uh, like when they say like it was approved by the board of trustees it sounds like it has this weight. There's four of them. Like <laughs> fuck out of here, man. Like there's more. There's literally more of us right here than the fucking board of trustees, right? So they, they try to throw this weight like the board of trustees approved this shit. And it's like, man, fuck y'all, man. Like y'all sound like fucking robots, man. Like just nominate the shit better. Don't change the name. Right. But anyway, I digress. But it, yeah, it's more like the melodic intent, and I, I think that's like ultimately will be like the legacy of like SoundCloud rap, right? Like SoundCloud rap, which Juice World emerged from, and Trippy Red. Um, I think Trippy Red super dope, but and, you know it's it's kind of like this mismatch of like this emotion and this pain and and SoundCloud they, they you know they label their shit like rock and roll and they, they don't label it hip hop. I have a little bit of problem with that, but anyway, but they, you know they tap into this like emotion and sound and pain and a lot of it is like again the remnants influences of like Kanye West 808s and Heartbreaks, which is probably like the most influential album in the past thirty years, Drake and Kid Cudi and kind of this idea of pain where you know. Um, the 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 hero used to be, or, or not the hero, the main protagonist in rap used to be the drug dealer. Now yeah. it's the drug user, right? Yeah, and mm. I think that's that's changed a lot of mm-hmm. the, the perspective of thing. You know, mm. that was a good line right there. Yeah. That was a bar. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I said that already. Straight spit. <laughs> I think you heard me say that, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> But, it, but you know it's funny it, it's there, there, there used to be such a huge influence of um drug culture um uh, that's a huge influence of depression yeah like um, i mean i, I kind of can dig the new music a little bit because it gives the the kids an opportunity to express their self in this depressed mode and like but the, the, the drug deal used to be like the first influencer the first yeah. style icon the, yeah, the first, hustler VC funding, first round of funding, right? And it's it's funny, like the uh, the first um, the first the, actually the last conversation I had with Andrew Harrell in person, not like through text. Um, we were in Atlanta, and I remember I, I was at the Revolt Summit, and um, I go down to the lobby and I see him. He's like eating breakfast by himself, and I, I go and like. I like check in with him. I'm like, yo, what's going on? And he's like, yo, you know, and I think everybody here knows who Andre Harrell is and, and your listeners should be, but like who don't like Andre Harrell is like founder of Uptown Records, um, uh, discovered Mary J. Blige, uh, um, put Holly Berry in her first movie, Strictly uh, Business, uh, um, 
executive producer for New York on the cover, put Jessica Alba in her first starring uh, movie just uh, with uh, Honey. Like, Andre Herrera was like brilliant, brilliant dude, right? And so I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, what's up, Andre? Like, what'd you do last night? And he's like, yo, me and Puff were, uh, went to the strip club last night. And I'm like, oh, word, like, like what's the deal? Like, what, what, uh, like, what was popping? Like, what's going on? And he's like, yo, he's like, He's like, yo, there was all these like, like, like motherfuckers. They were like these like gold watches, right? And I'm like trying to follow on like what he's talking about. And he's like, yo, he's like, I, he's like, I couldn't figure out like like who they were. He's like, they weren't tall enough to be like basketball players. He's like, but they weren't grimy enough to be drug dealers. And he's he's like literally he's like trying to figure out like who they were. And I'm like, I don't, I'm like, yo, maybe they were scammers. Maybe they're like pill poppers. But you know, it was just tough because again, like the, historically, like that, like especially in Atlanta, you're thinking like BMF making right, it yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but but again, like the placement of where drug dealers existed is, is kind of waning because again, like they, their business is being disrupted too mm-hmm. due to technology, just like everybody else's business is being disrupted. But you know, that drug dealers should be like a huge influence um, on hip hop and you know, it's just changing. And, and again, like the, all that leads into like the point, whether I made it or you made it, Yoda, like a point where it's like <laughs> the, the main protagonist of hip hop used to be the drug dealer. Now it's the drug user. And that plays into now where it's like the, the currency of hip hop. It's like, it's, it's that vibe of, uh, uh, you know, loneliness, depression or whatever. And, and it's, it, it first got introduced with Kanye, 808s and heartbreaks, Kid Cudi, Drake, but now it's that, meets pills right yeah. that's where you get yeah. like uh, uh um fxx extension yeah. uh, uh trippy red juice world etc cetera, etc cetera. and and now it's kind of being updated with like the the the, the, the polo g's who that's not their, their their they're not rapping about that but there's there's flourishes Same of vibe. that yeah. with this sound but they spit a little bit and it's different and right. yeah, yeah. But, and i think that's also like the greatness of like what hip-hop is right it's so wide and, and there's so much depth and, and breadth to it now, right? Where now mm-hmm. there's there's so many subgenres that can collide and influence things to make an artist, and it's not and just oh you rap, this is trap, this is West Coast. Like now it's all this mix and am- amalgamation of shit. Yo, and I think that's what got uh, Smoke uh, Pop Smoke popping is because like he kind of was taking it back to the hustler, grimy, gangster type. Type vibe versus what everybody else was doing with the whole melodic sound and the yeah and the the freaking uh, auto tune on there and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pop smoke. That's my boy too. Yeah. Nah. So, the, the pop smoke shit hurt, man, because it's like my my uh, again, you know, you get in this business long enough, and you make your allies and friends, and it's like uh, Nipsey's manager was like my man, like uh, the dude who signed Pop Smoke is like my dude, and it's like I remember my homegirl posted a picture of like those two guys and I'm like damn man like these are my two like brothers and like they fucking have to Most deal with this shit man right. like yeah. shit, is, shit, is, shit is rough man it is rough no, no, I have my, I have my thoughts on the, the FX show Dave do you, have you seen it nah you know so funny I um I have him because I probably have the same like hateration with like hip hop evolution um because I'm not a little dicky fan but I, I, ha- I have a couple friends who are like Super anti Little Dicky, who are like, yo, the show is great. Right, I'm not a big um, Little Dicky fan in terms of. It's music, probably more so my, my show, bandwidth. The show was actually pretty yeah. dope. I thought the, the I, heard, I heard, I heard, I heard it's music. really dope. Yeah. yeah, I heard, I heard it's really dope. Which I can imagine too. I mean, there, there's do sometimes people just have to figure out what they're good at. Yeah. Right? Like, there's this kid who signed the E1, uh, Token, white dude named Token. 
who he does he I know, but he does like crazy numbers. He, he does he does crazy numbers. He's but he's not he's he's okay. It's not like he's trash, but he also directs his own videos, and I'm like direct. He, he, I'm like yo, but he's also like 21, 22. Like mm-hmm. when he comes thirty, I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes. Jerry Bruckheimer when he's 30. Right. Like, it's like, this is the thing you're supposed to do. Right. You're rapping now, but like, you should do this thing. And, you know, and, and Little Dicky's kind of that same way where it's like, he, even if I hate his rhymes, he's, a, he's, he's an interesting, he has a present character. Yeah, there's something that you yeah. know, like, he can command attention. There's, right. there's value to that. You have to figure out what that thing is. And it seems like the show is that he's trying to do more acting. Than rapping, but you know sometimes you need your entry point. And the reason it bothered me goes through other things, which kind of stem back to like why I got into hip hop journalism, where it's like you know this idea of like protecting this culture, and you know the fact that like you can like wade through and 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 do this to get hot but move on. Yeah. Where it's like um, you know like like Fer, like ASAP Fur can't like step his toe in this shit and move on. Like you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and this is the politics of that. And I don't mean politics like the like bureaucracy. Just it's just like the politics of like blackness and whiteness and privilege and not that mm-hmm. like that like bothers me sometimes. Where it's like gotcha. you, know, you can do this for a second and you have the privilege to move on. Uh, where it's not like that that nobody's signing Ferg to do some shit. Which and I think Ferg. I think Ferg. I think Ferg should be a director. Like I've, I've had I've had long conversations with Asap Ferg where I'm like yo. The way he speaks and thinks, I'm like, you should be a director. Uh, and, you know, those opportunities aren't coming to him for reasons that are embedded into the structure of how this country operates. Right. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes... Sports, uh, sports Lou. Unfortunately, we have to sometimes do it ourselves and make, sure, <laughs> and make them come to us. <laughs> yeah. So you got you to gotta do it yourself. But that's the thing, too. I'm glad you brought that up, Rob, because I was thinking about this yesterday when I was running. Now I'm all the way charged up. But it's like, <laughs> you know... With with hip hop, with with the business of music and how it shit operates, like they they pop music and other sounds of music, they sign artists to invest in them. For black music, mm-hmm. they want them to prove it first right. on their own. Right. Get yeah. hot yeah. rapper, right. show yeah. me your numbers, yep. and then I'm gonna bring the bag to you. When it's like, yo, that for for pop and those other shit, they invest in the talent. Right, yeah, other shit, they want to invest in their proven ability, and it's like, no, no, don't invest in my proven ability. Partner in my proven ability, right? right. There, there should be a much more of an equitable share that happens, and 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 you saw that with like what, what happened with like Blackout Tuesday, which started as like a music industry thing, where there was all these discussions about like recording contracts and what's fair and what's not. But it's it's it, there should be a discussion, the idea of like, if I've proven this on my own and I've done audience development and I have this, like, what what is what the label bringing? What, yeah. what what is a label bringing other than financial right. accountability? Yeah, exactly. not, not to say that that's not a viable thing, but there should be more, right? Let's if, 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 again, if hip hop is the number one genre that's happening across board through Apple, Vivo, Spotify, Amazon, etc., then then. You know, things need to be more than just like, oh, they got to offer this big advance. Mm-hmm. Like, no, give give a big advance. Give give a shorter half life for when you can get your masters back. Right. Uh, 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 create a you know uh, something where it's like you see that like I have this vision also. So invest in the idea to transition me to do this because you're a multinational 
corporation that has your fingers in now what would you think right, like now what would you say the cause of that is it because like sometimes like i can like hip-hop sometimes your manager started off as your boy so he might not have known or your girl but, but I, don't, I don't think it's man I, you know i don't think it's management like a good if you so again anybody who's watching this who's from delaware who's trying to get on and i want to say this looking straight at the camera because i don't speak enough to delaware right like enough people who are watching this you you just need a manager who has hustle and initiative and moxie. You need somebody who is going to is, and you need somebody who's not afraid to make a phone call, right? Like that's really what you need. The the people who have connections, all that shit, you can get that in other ways, right? And if your manager has enough hustle, they'll meet the people who have connections and they'll be able to sniff out bullshit. You'll find a lawyer, you'll find this or whatever. You, you're gonna you're gonna get knocked back on your ass a couple times, but again, you need to have a manager who. Is not afraid to keep moving forward. Eats L's. I got an L. Eat that. Boom. Learn from that. Move forward. But it's it's not it's not managers. It, you're going to run into companies that again, companies rely on. We've always done it this way. Right. Com- companies aren't risk takers. Yeah. You know, by, right. by virtue they're trying to protect their history and how things operate because things are fine. Yeah. There no there's no company that's going to say we make profits this way, but if we pivot and switch and lose money for a year, we'll make more money this way a right. year later. No, 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 no. They, they want to burn it out that way. And then because they have the reserve, they can switch and pivot when it's time. But they're not going to be right. forward thinking. Right. At that point, you just need a manager who has will and ability, right? Like yeah. you, I always say this, right? What's more important? You'll never be ready. But right. if you have a willingness to accept the challenge, that means more than anything, right? Like, you, it, how many of us are, are are ready to get married? You don't know. You just have to be willing to get married. Then on right. the other side, you see, right? Like, right. that's how it is for a lot of things. You have that manager, that'll take you so much farther. And then along the way, if they have the capacity in them to grow and create vision, then they'll see, like, these are the things along the I see what we've achieved, and I want this. I see what we've achieved, I want more. I've seen this. Mm-hmm. And then you have to push the companies because the, the, there's no way these companies are going to say like, you know what? We want to do this for you. They don't want to do shit for you. They want to mm-hmm. fucking eat. They want right. to eat. They want to make yeah. money. They're not nefarious, but they, they just have house money. Right, why right. would they change shit up? Why, right. why would they be forward thinking when their money can correct anything yep. uh, for them That's to just true. catch up? You know what I mean? So it's like yep. that, that as long as you have a manager who's willing and has drive to go forward, and you think that they can grow because you can't judge your growth at the moment, but if you trust right. them to grow, that's, that's the part that it gets you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, I, and, you know, and, and, you know, that's particular to entertainment. I think there's some viability in that as a see through, through other industries, but particularly to entertainment, just somebody who's willing and, and go. And I think that's why you see so many relationships that are successful where it's like, they're the same age because they have mm-hmm. the same hustle and values, the same right. things to lose and gain. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, 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 I'm too old to manage a 20 year old. It's just different. He's ready right, to go, right, go, right. go, go, go. And I'm like, I got to put my daughter to sleep. I got to do right, this. Right. It's, not, it's, it's just different. It's not going to work. You're young. Mm-hmm. Find somebody your own age. Go like that. That right. will take you a long way. Right. It's not managers. It's the, it's the companies. Right. Well, no, my, my question was more about because the managers wasn't able to push. Oh, I'm sorry. Cause they, cause they didn't, I mean, that was, that was good. <laughs> but in terms of like being a manager, being young or maybe not, especially like if you're coming from like the hood and they give, just give you this, Hey, $50,000 advance. You're like, ah, I'm eating now. I made it. And they didn't have the wherewithal or the business acumen to say, 
no, we deserve more because now like hip hop is the number one genre. It's like, so how do you, as some of that was some of that, the fault of, of, of it in terms of not being able to push back or didn't even know they had the ability to push back. Yeah. No, I mean, I th- I th- if there's anything I'd like to see is I want more, I want more people in our culture to be open to like, I'd like coach K to be able to talk to whoever's managing little TJ to be like, yo, these are some of the contracts I've gotten and gotten fucked on. Right. Like, right. and just open up the, because that, that, that's not going to hurt coach K's pocket. Right. But it'll go a long way to helping little TJ's pocket. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. very little that he has to give to pay it forward. Right. And, you know, I, I, I just, I just want in our community to, things to be shared more where, and, and again, I'm somebody who likes L's and I'm comfortable taking L's, but I'd like to be like, yo, if there's a way that, that, you can sustain not taking an L. Let's yeah, let's yeah, let's speed up that development. You know, right, I, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see that a lot, and I, I think, um, you know, especially like sometimes lawyers are handcuffed on like you know confidentiality agreements, but like our lawyers and our group, like our black lawyers and, and Hispanic lawyers, like they they know the most. They're going through contracts with artists and executives, right. you know, and you know, I I I. I would like some bit of like them sharing more game just across the board, you know? Mm-hmm. And also too, it's like, if you're successful in one, like, it's like, two, like I've been successful as a journalist, right? There's shit that I want to do as an independent producer. And it's like, you know, I don't want it to be, or if I want to be a book author, right? I don't want to feel like I have to start from scratch. I want to enter the room with the same degree of success that I've had doing. I don't yeah. want to the room like, I'm a new Arthur. Right. Like, nah, fuck that, man. Like, I've done this, 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 and that. Like, help me bridge the gap. Like, right. don't, don't don't treat me as some shit where it's like, it's this or whatever. Like, nah, you know I'm viable. You know this shit. Or, or even, you know, now it's like, I, I reached out to my homeboy who, he's had some shows greenlit himself and got paid for it. And I'm like, yo, I need to pick your brain and, and talk about it. Uh, but I'm like, these are the specific questions I got to ask. Like, I'm not asking you to how, I'm asking you how to negotiate. Because I think sometimes uh, people have a reluctance to the how, and it's like, all right, cool, I don't need to know the how. But mm-hmm. I, I need some financials because you know it. And me asking you this is not going to hurt your pockets. It's right. out my pocket. So right. I, I'd like to see a lot more of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, well, I guess on I guess we're wrapping it up in terms of uh, what, um, I guess what things are coming in the pipeline for Smarty Art. Uh, that we can expect in the near future once COVID, I guess, is uh, pretty much done. Yeah. Now, um, it's funny. I used to always say, like, I can't talk about stuff. I don't want to be like a VH1 loving hip hop <laughs> chick who's posting pictures about meetings. I got to stop saying that because now they become my friends. <laughs> uh, I don't want to like, disrespect any of those, uh, those, those women. No, nah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, I, I will say this, man. Like, I, I'm and I don't want to rally like I'm like yo against corporations and all this or that or whatever like they they have amassed success and money so they can make the decisions they make it's on us to put pressure mm-hmm. on things and you know and, and it's with all things right like the, the um you know culture is set from the bottom up right like, and that's mm-hmm. why protest dictates stuff and that's why even when Obama was a president he's like go and protest set 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 fire to, to, to your local politicians and that sets the machinations to get up to him. And it's like, it's, it's for me, you know, it's, it's, 
I'm going to get a gig. I'm going to work at a place. I'm not going to abandon the things that I'm doing. Uh, because if I abandon them, I didn't believe in them in the first place, right? Um, but I, 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 you know, I'm, if I believe in myself and if you followed me and you believe, if, especially if you're from Delaware and you followed in my work from back then, if you know me mm-hmm. from back then, if you did this or whatever, like, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. I've learned and I've taken that. I've learned on my own. I see your opinion and trust in me. And that is the thing that I'm working and putting together to develop. And there's going to be things where I'm going to put it out and it's going to say executive producer, Jason Rodriguez, created by Jason Rodriguez. And there's going to be people who went to high school with me in ninth and 10th grade and be like, I knew he was that person. And, yeah. and it's going to, it's, it's, it take, you can't be that person overnight. Right. And so it's like, I say that for it's like what it's going to be for smarty art. It's, it's, it's the things that I'm finally like realizing now where it's like, Again, the, the the I'm I'm appreciative of the names that were always on the front of my jersey, mm-hmm. but now I understand the power that's in the back of my jersey. Yeah. All right, you, know, you could make a, um you could do like a documentary on like four dudes who do a podcast that love hip hop. You know? <laughs> I put it on my list. I put it on my list. I got mad. It's funny. People always ask me like, "Yo, what's your dream project?" And I'm like, "Yo." I dream a lot, man. I can tell this is you. one of them, though. I'm telling you. I can you rattle off 15 <laughs> off the top, you know? But uh, I'll add that. I'll, add, I'll throw that in my Evernote. There you go. <laughs> on my list, man. Uh, got 16, I ain't yeah. got 16 ideas. Right, yeah. Right, I'm right. appreciative of being episode number 75. Absolutely. Yeah. Number. yeah, man. Absolutely. Cheers to y'all. I'm at, my, my cans are empty. Jeez, yeah, I like good. that. Yeah, for sure. I got, I got to pop my... I like that. Cling, 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 cling. Y'all. Your third one. Your glass. Third two. Bottle. All right. Well, this has been episode 75. And I want to thank Jason Rodriguez for blessing us this afternoon. Sir, thank you. Appreciate you, brother. But before we close out, Rob, before you ask where everybody can be found. Uh-huh. I want to do something to piss off the ladies that of ours that uh, podcast. There, uh, at least my wife is a little upset that uh, you know Mother's Day was uh, a little unconventional because we were in the quarantine. She's like, Mother's "Y'all better have the podcast on Father's Day because y'all didn't do shit for Mother's Day." I'm like, "Oh no, we having a whole fucking party. <laughs> <laughs> we firing up the grill. We doing mad parties. Y'all got Shit, we gonna have to get together and do a fucking podcast taping in person. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, all right. I, I just wanted that on record. Please don't edit that out. All right. Uh, you're a little choppy, but I, I'll leave it in. <laughs> whatever you can say, whatever you can salvage. All right. Well, like you said, like you said, before we wrap up, we'd like to know exactly where people can find you on these social medias. I know Jason pointed to a couple of times if you're watching it on YouTube. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, his, uh, his At name. Jason Rodriguez, J-A-Y-S-O-N-R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z on Twitter and Instagram. That's really where I'm at. I got a snap, but I don't really snap. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, but I lurk. So you, you want to see me as Twitter, <laughs> Twitter and IG. I love TikTok. I like, just like, yo, lurk, me man, too. I be lurking too. That's lurk. all I do. Uh, man, yo, TikTok is that fire, me. Yo, you could be on TikTok for hours, yo. All day. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. TikTok yeah Twitter, Twitter and IG. You'll find me. All right. Uh, yo. 
and at Jason Rodriguez that info. All right. There okay. You go. Okay. There you go. All right. You can find me 302 Yoda on Instagram at 302 Yoda and on Instagram and Facebook at Delaware on Grind. Ooh, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know you let go. I know you let go. I got one of those. You can find me on Instagram at Devin Aaron underscore the underscore great. All right, Lou. Uh, thanks again, uh, Black Bobby. Hear me? Yeah, we got you. Thanks again. Thrive, my brother. Thrive. For the glasses, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you, uh, Jay, for coming on. Uh, and if, for all your beer needs, Lou Belgium, I'm on them Instagrams. Word. All right. And you can check out Bruising Banter Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bruising Banter Podcast. And you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, like iHeartRadio, Pandora. Shit, we everywhere, baby. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere. You can't hide from us. Right. <laughs> uh, this has been episode 75. Until next time. Yeah. Have a good week, everyone. Yeah. Shut up. Peace. Oh, man. This dude is music. <laughs>